Okay, well, it seems we've found it. This is episode 8 of the Northern Invasion podcast. Seems it was behind the sofa all along. No, seriously, um, bit of a departure from normal. This took place uh, after a little bit of drinking, um, and maybe if you listen to this with the younger members of your family, this might be one to miss. Um, so for those of you that are, know as well, um, here you go. And for those that don't, well, apologies in advance. Um, we'll have another episode very soon in the build-up to um, the Masters. And uh, this isn't going to become a habit. I did cut out the rambling from the beginning and the end, but, well, uh, from it kicking off to the end, you've pretty much got what you've got. So, unvetted. Hopefully nobody's offended. Thank you very much. One last thought. It might be worth um, having a listen and seeing if you can find the spot where I lose consciousness. Or maybe uh, counting up the times we say the word obviously. We did our best not to say it, but it's obvious we say obviously quite a lot. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. She's all alone. All alone in a time of need. Because he's racing and racing and plotting the course. He's fighting and fighting and riding on his horse. He's going the distance. Okay, uh, welcome ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 8 of the Northern Invasion podcast and with you as ever is myself, Stu West, and today we have um, Scott. Hello. Uh, we have Liam. Hello. And Nathan. Guten Tag, Fraulein. <laughs> oh, okay, so it's it's late on a Friday evening. And uh, we have a quite a heavy schedule, but we've got um, we've got some other episodes to do this uh, this month. So um, we've also done this week. We have had a, a draft of our AOS Champions booster box, and we're going to do a special episode on that. We've also got um, an episode with um, myself and the captain of the Shetland Age of Sigma intercounty team uh which is going to be coming as well we may even be able to edit that into this one but who knows um and then the next episode will be coming at us um what date are we going to do it scott when's the masters preview going to be when we go through the lists live on air and we see them for the first time well we're now thinking breaking news it's going to be what wednesday the 21st we're talking about looking up quickly click at my calendar here so i think that's the only way we can do it and give people a bit of time to prep up for the lists isn't it yes so that's a good week and a half there you go you get the you get lists nice and early you get to plan your filth and your tactics sounds good so um uh, do you want to give us a very very brief rundown on the masters maybe the entrance or or what what's what you're looking what people can look forward to yep 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 so Agom has just happened, obviously. That was the last big two-dayer um, in the calendar. And looking at, looking at the final, almost final league table. So we've got an Aberdeen event uh, tomorrow. It's a, a one-day event, so not as many points, but it can still have a wee effect down at the very bottom. Um, but basically, the top... Look at, where are we? League table, here we go. Here we go. So top nine didn't change, right? So Liam, Lee, Adam Turner... Steve Sanderson, Rich Hudspeth, John Bayliss, Chris 
uh, Mike, Nathan, didn't change. You, you're all still top nine. But leaping into number 10, plus 18 places from the last time we uh, did the table, is old, good old JP. JP Garris, who uh, has completed his third event at AGOM and did pretty well. So he jumped into the top 16. So he's he's got the invite to the Masters. And then comes David Nemeth, Martin Swaffield, who both dropped one place. John Craig, and at 13, he jumped four places. So he made his, he, he got his, his space guaranteed again with after a decent showing at AGOM. And then was Paul Whitehead. Uh, he he was pretty much uh, as he was. Stu, you you held on by your fingernails there. So you uh, you, you dropped three places, but you still kept your uh, top 16 in, in 15th place. Um, but the biggest rise... Uh, was Riath, who he actually rose 21 places. Again, it was his third event, so it was all just going to be um, extra points for him in the bag, and he did pretty well uh, again at Agom. So he, he actually got into 16th place. Um, but unfortunately, himself and the two Geordie lads, Rich and Steve, uh, declined their, their lovely invites that I sent out on Monday, was it? I can't think when it was. The next day, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. They, they, they declined them, so we started going down the list. Um, young Adam, son of Lee, uh, he's he's got some uh, important exams to do, so so well done, young man. You stick to the studying, much better than pushing your foot around. Is, prior is exactly. it's maths you, practice. Exactly, yeah. And your dad will only crush you anyway, mercilessly. Yeah, on, no. <laughs> last game, so. You've won um, your first event, son. No, <laughs> no you haven't. Go to your room. <laughs> Um, so he declined so that brought in the next three in the list so this was uh, Adam Rawson who was uh, uh, delighted to accept I think he was he was itching he'd already booked his room I believe so he was um, (laughs) he was coming anyway but now he's he's actually playing so that's good and most importantly of all Spadge yes Spadge made it in uh, in number in, in 19th place which is Awesome. I'm delighted. So have you uh, got a, an indicate just a very, very, very rough indication glancing at the list of what mainly they've played each, just to give people an idea of how they've qualified in terms of just um, giving a general idea of, of their Grand Alliance or Allegiance? No, I've, I've not looked at it in good detail yet. To <laughs> just to, just no. to cut you off the pass there. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, we've got we've got one spot left. This is the important bit. We've got one spot left. That the last the sixteenth place, which actually is going to be twentieth place in the rankings, um, with the four dropouts. And at the moment, it's Duffy who's in that spot. However, the Aberdeen event tomorrow can have an impact on it. If it's if it's enough people, so if it's twenty or more people, it'll generate enough points that could affect and let Kev Low get in if he does very very well. Basically, wins it he can sneak in in 20th place into the last spot and have the glorious pleasure of playing Liam game one. And if Duffy doesn't make it, Spadge will be the only destruction player in the top 16, won't he? In well, the Masters. Duffy, Duffy's got his little, he's got a few tricks up his sleeve. He's got, a, he, he didn't take destruction to Agom. He, he does have a lot of armies. I've been chatting to him. He's got well, a lot I was of just ar- saying, Spadge is the only one, isn't he? That's all year round consistently played it. Pretty much, uh, Duffy's been mostly destruction. I think yeah, been mostly yeah. squigs and same with same with Spadge. Um, so they've they, they've certainly earned it. Put it that yeah, way. I think so. 
<laughs> Although Duffy's boost, he he did go up five places in the rankings because of a goal, and that wasn't because of destruction. That was because of good old Papanergo. So, uh-huh. good stuff. Oh, well, congratulations to everybody, and I'm I'm really looking forward to. it. I'm glad I held on by the skin of my teeth there. Yeah, it's been good. It's been a good year one. It's been a good, we've, we've we've learned a few lessons, and we've been already looking at tweaking it for next year. There's there's a few plans in progress to tweak the scoring and perhaps gather more data as well that we can maybe not put into place year mm-hmm. two, but maybe year three. So there's <clears throat> there's definitely a review underway, and we'll we'll update um, post masters pre twenty nineteen before the start I... of the year. So. That could be a good one for our... Uh, we can maybe go through it on the podcast either at the end of December or beginning of yeah. January. That'd be a good one. Yeah, what I need to do, Scott, is find out what scoring metrics puts Liam at second, and we'll just go with that. <laughs> that's what we'll it's go just, with for next year. That's just the natural way of things. Though. That's just natural yeah. order. Okay, well, thanks for that, Scott. And um, we look forward to, to the, um, the preview episode where we go through people's lists and see what filth um, you lot from the south are taking to, to counterbalance our uh, narrative lifts in, lifts in the north. And the, aim would okay. be to, and the aim would be to reveal the lists basically live on the podcast so that even so only me knows them and you guys are hearing them for the first time. Unless you've been chatting amongst yourselves, obviously, but I can't stop that. So Or hacking your email address. <laughs> yes. No, I'm, I'm taking Seraphon. So it's fine. <laughs> Me too. That's what everyone says. What's the Thunderquake things? Star Host, is it called? Is that the something one I'm taking? Like yeah, yeah, Thunderquake yeah, Star like Host, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. So uh, all you guys planning your uh, planning your lists, just bear that in mind. Okay, so um, I suppose the big the big news then, um, as you've said, there, there's been a shake-up in the rankings and whatnot up here. And the big event in the last week has been Aegon. So I wasn't there, but you three guys were. So um, uh, this was an interesting one because this was out of the book, Warhammer. This was um, randomizing from the 18 missions. It was each of the realms in an envelope so that you get in a random realm. And then it's rolling on the realmscape features. So this is pretty much um, pure Age of Sigma. The first proper... I don't know, 32-man tournament that I know of, at least, that's uh, done it straight out of the book. So it'll be interesting to hear from you guys. Hopefully you remember what the outcomes were and what you played and what the the realms were. (laughs) Uh, But before we do that, I know we went through them last last game, uh, last game, last episode, but I'm going to go around you first so that you can give a quick overview of your lists. So, Scott, hit us with it first. What did you take? Okay, so I, I, I took Nurgle, um, as discussed, and it, it, yeah, it hadn't changed from last time we spoke. So great and clean one general with the blade and the bell for the plus one to cast and the plus three to move. Um, he's got Grandfather's Blessing for the wheel, nudge, and I went for Witherstave after relying on the crutch of the gift. Um, and then I had Rotigus and Lord of Blights, which was the, the next new addition. So he was there for the commandability of uh, Stacking basically the plague bearers natural minus one minus two to hit in combat slash shooting, so he was there to stack that up. Um, Festus, as he's, he's been on my lists with plague squall, so that's a kind of mini rotagus spell. 30 plague bearers, 30 plague bearers, five blight kings, five plague kings, and shackles and a command point. So I was 
rocking up at 1940. Nice. And yourself, Liam, what, what were you taking this time? I'll find my list. Where is it? <laughs> it was Legion of Sacrament, uh, the Vamber Lord and Zombie Dragon with the command trait Mastery of Death, uh, Val Transference of Spell, Doppelganger Cloak, uh, the Necromancer with uh, Fading Vigor. I had a White King on steed with the sword. Uh, his item was Talisman of the Watcher. I had 15 Black Knights. Three units of ten skeletons, a unit of five grave guards, uh, with in the death march formation with the White King, and thirty grim ghasts, uh, the cogs, which then left me at nineteen thirty for that extra command point as well. But so I had two at the start again. So the fading vigor, just for those that don't know, um, what's the what's the spell? Fading vigor. Uh, choose an uh, enemy unit. It uh, gets minus one attack to uh, two, minimum one. And we can only roll one dice uh, for charging. Cool. And yourself, Nathan, was it Neff? It was uh, Neferat General, two Zombie Dragon Vampire Lords, one with the Doppelganger Cloak, and one with the Orb of Enchantment from Legion of Blood, mm-hmm. um, Bloodseeker Palanquin, and five dogs, five dogs, ten zombies, and the Court of New Lamia for nice. three command points to start. Okay, so... Uh, hit us with it, Scott. What was what was um what was round one? Um, have you got the the scenario, the the role, the business? Yeah. So round one was escalation. Uh, in the realm fire. of fire, wasn't it? With, yeah, and with no realmscape. No realmscape. Yeah. So, um, not too crazy a start. Oh, um, and I've been looking at Twitter, so every time we say obviously. <laughs> we have to put a pound in a jar and donate it to charity. Liam's so... fucked. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> okay. More often. <laughs> so there you go. Off you go, Scott. I think it's when I take a deep breath in. That's when I do my forfeit. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, so we turned up. Uh, well, we, we, we a bit of, bit of preamble. We, we, we all arrived Friday. Um. We drove down myself, Mike, and Lee, and Nathan. You're with Liam and Sean. Was that Liam right? Sean, yeah. yeah. And there was party bus. So there was like like we said before, there was twelve or thirteen Scottish slash Northern Masters people um, descending on Agom, and it was a reasonably calm Friday night for for myself. Anyway, um, just had a wee game with versus Nathan just to brush the rust off. Um, and get a good beating and took it easy Friday night Saturday night we turned up at the venue nice and fresh and uh, there was everyone waiting for their table and we're thinking oh who's going to, because it's all random on table you don't know who you've got until they, you come and pick your number out of a bag, your table number out of the bag um, so we're all rocking up and there's me standing next to Lee, standing next to Liam <laughs> not not too far from from Nathan, and then you, you you ended up with well, I won't spoil it, but anyway, uh, <laughs> somebody fr- somebody friendly. Um, so I'm sitting there with no mates until uh, Adam gets the microphone out and starts introducing the event. Um, so I, I I had no opponent. So it ended up being thirty in total instead of thirty-two, and there was two of us without an opponent. So I got paired up with um, it was Adam McGee, one of the Stockport guys, who I think he's friends with Ed. Um, you know Ed Prume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
he's one of the Agom sort of regulars. And I recognised him. I'd seen him maybe whether it was a year ago or six months ago. The, the previous Agom's beat. He's definitely been last before. Was I it played last? him last year. Yeah. Oh, when you were there twelve months ago. He had his yeah. carriage in Overlords. Oh, that's right. That's right. He played Stu in the last game. Did he? Yeah. Well, he must have got up high then, was he then? Yeah, it was the final Stuart. table. Yeah, he got third as a result of that game. He's a good player. Yeah, I played against him with, it was take and hold, or knife to the heart, whichever it, it was. Knife to the heart, yeah. Knife yeah. to the heart, yeah. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good game. Didn't realize you finished so well last time, and I'd, I'd had more of a nose. No, that was me. Game. I finished third. Oh, that's only you, Stuart. <laughs> as I soon was... as I heard that uh, he was playing you, Scott, I gave him the captain's hat for her team. Because <laughs> I was like, it's a dead set when you're going to beat him, take the hat. Sweet. <laughs> that makes it even sweeter. Spoiler alert. Um, so yeah, I rocked up to his table. I, I went across to him, you see, being the gracious fellow that I am. And so he's running, uh, he was running Grand Host and Nagash. Um, he had Nagash, obviously. And I've got his list in front of me, give me it. So he's got Vile Transference, Soul Harvest, Overwhelming Dread, so pretty standard stuff. Arcan, the Black, with Amaranthine Orb. He had Prince Vordry with Pinions. So I'm thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go, game one. Um, he had two more ghasts with Halberds, and he had five Direwolves, five Direwolves, and the Spell Portal for Bang On 2K. So I'm thinking, oh, hello, this will be fun. Um but being Escalation, it probably suited my... Um, he's only, what, 15 models or something stupid? Yeah, right? it's low that. Yeah, 15 models. So I'm thinking, well, obviously play the mission, that's my chance here. I've got, I've got the two big blocks of Plague Bearers. I've got Blight Kings. Um, I've got the big lads to maybe, maybe distract him. So we, we, we lined up, and um, I don't know if he's played it that much, because I was expecting the, the, the spell portal to come at me and delete the big lads, but... Um, that didn't. That, he never tried to cast it once, actually, um, with uh, the old hand of dust. But we set up, and um, basically, I, I put Blight Kings on the the two far diagonal objectives of it quickly, um, and pushed my plague bearers towards the middle one. And um, he sent his ten dogs up towards his diagonal closest one. He kind of left the furthest diagonal one for me, which was great. I mean, I could just start. Scoring points on that, and the middle one, he was he was basically pushing Vordry and Nagash, and eventually the the Halberd guys towards. Um, so it 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 was a bit scary. Vordry's nasty. I don't know if I've played him before actually, but uh, unwounded, he's he's nasty. <laughs> he gets his maximum damage. Six and, mortal wounds on the breath. Yeah, because he, he he got into I, I couldn't get my spell off with Rotogus, and so I'm, I'm trying to pink you know, chip a few wounds off him. Um, uh, he basically got priority turns one, two, and three, which um, made it a bit hairy. And I, I, so I couldn't chip any wounds off Vordry. Vordry got into Rotogus, basically deleted him in pretty much one round of combat, or at least neutered him down to like two or three wounds. So he's, you know, his, his, his attacks really suffered after that. Um, uh, but it, it, it kind of swung. I got the double turn into three and four. Um, I've, I've scored three three points on uh, turn two because you don't score turn one. Um, I then got three points on turn four just by a, a lovely bit of plague bearer um, movement where the 
I, I, I actually, I, I started by moving one of my thirties down towards my bottom diagonal with the five blight kings, and soon realised he's not going to need it. I don't need all these bodies here. I don't need. I don't need any of the bodies here. But I kept the blight kings there just for insurance, and started to move the, the second block of thirty up to support the, the first block of thirty because Nagash and the Morgaths were coming in hard um, and, and chewing them up. But with with a, with some minus ones in there from the Lord of Lights and from themselves, it was it was just taking time to chew them up. And I was stuck. I, I basically scored three points on turn uh, turn two and turn four, which kind of put me ahead. And I'm thinking, oh god, I'm gonna I might actually win this. And sure enough, he, he couldn't um, he couldn't take everything off. Up in his up in his top objective, I'd the five Blight Kings had done their job and eventually got through the Dire Wolves, despite them all regenerating. And um, eventually, the the attacks came through good. Um, I, I couldn't get rid of uh, Arcan, but that didn't matter. He's only one model. I was I was scoring it, um, and he ended up he ended up pretty much tabling me in the end. Um, I, I I got the two units Dire Wolves for 120 points. Um, and he killed everything but the one unit of Blight Kings that I would had tucked in my bottom corner, um, with <laughs> Nagash charging them at the end in turn five, and I ended up with a nine six win. So thoroughly delighted to start that tournament off with a beating Nagash Arcan and Vordry. Starting strong, bloody hell! I know. So, so what about yourself? What about yourself, Liam? How did you do? Uh, my first game, I was against uh, James Clark. Again, I think he's a regular uh, quite often to Aegon. I think he changes every event, uh, what army does for Aegon. Uh, he had a Squire army. Uh, so he had the Squire Battalion. He had uh, the Gas Cloud and the Scorch. His Arch Warlock was a general uh, with the Brass Orb and the Verminous Valor trait. Uh, he had in the Scorch formation a Warlock with the Gargant uh, Dice. Uh, not sure actually what that item did. The brass orb, obviously, on the, uh, the start of a hero phase, closest enemy model. You roll a dice on a six, uh, it dies. Uh, he had three storm fiends with flamers in there, a warp grinder team, and a warp fire team. He then had a gas cloud with the warlock, three storm fiends with storm gauntlets, uh, two mortar teams, and five scarred acolytes, uh, warp line and cannon as well, and 40 clan rats, and a single patmaster, which put him at 1990. Uh, quite a low drop army as well. He was. Uh, four drops to my four drops, but uh, I won the roll off, so I obviously got to choose uh, deploy, uh, deployment sides and then how quick we deployed. Uh, from what I remember, uh, his army is quite obviously elite compared to my uh, army. Uh, escalation, I deployed badly. I deployed stupidly. I deployed my grim ghasts, filling kind of my 18-inch area, and then forgetting my black knight's arm battle line to my army. So I had to kind of like then feed them in further back than I would probably wanted to. Uh, but I used that to my advantage that I just used my units to, to push my deployment forward and uh, to just, if he wanted to drop the the Scorch formation, if he wanted to kill my dragon or my heroes, he would have to put it into combat. So you'd obviously take the D6 model wounds each uh, on those units and obviously I'll get then the reallocation of when I attack because I have the doppelganger cloak of my dragon. He can't attack me first. And it was quite a sweet couple of turns. Uh, I I got the turn initiative for two, so I moved into two and into the objectives and took all three. He then moved. Uh, he sweetly got on his unit of uh, giant rats. He got uh, the Pat Master off on them, so a plus one a hit. Uh, run in charge. 
he then put Stoke Rage and uh, Infernal Blades on them, uh, and then he sent them into my Grimgasts. So after the 40 attack, they actually do hit quite well because they get plus one to hit wound for the amount of models in the unit. So they was going in with like 60 attacks, and after that and all the damage, I had one single Grimgast in my unit left after they attacked. And I was uh, obviously having the command points, I just spent it on uh, the Muna Battleshock on that guy, and then by the next two turns later, he was back up to uh, 19 again uh, after getting two turns of uh, healing on the Grimgasts. He then, uh, so then at that point, he thought the game was mine, but it was actually quite close. If he got the turn initiative for four, he would have been able to force it to a, a minor victory. Uh, unfortunately, in the in the pack of Aegon, they count a win as a win, no matter if it's minor or major, which then can obviously change your opinion on how to play a mission a lot more, like definitely like knife to heart, take to hold. Mm. All these missions where yeah. you can just play for the minor and still get the effect of a major. Uh, which obviously in this game I was like, that's fine if you push me to a minor because I'm still going to get the major because I was uh, up on kill points at that point, uh, him only killing my two units of skeletons that were on the board. He very nicely on turn five, uh, so we just I just finished off his army sort of thing. So he got turn five initiative. He was able to get his arch warlock into the brass of range on my dragon. Rolls a one the first time, uses the scorch formation, so let him re-roll a dice. Second dice rolls a six. Dragon. <laughs> Sovereign Dragon's eaten and uh, uh, joins uh, the many other creatures that that Brass Orb has uh, destroyed. He then, so then I just had to last turn. I just went for the kill, full kill points and took off what he had left his army because obviously, because of being uh, the Squire formation, there's quite a lot of points in it. If you just don't kill one unit, it's like f- close to 300 points you lose if you don't kill all the units uh, from that. So I thought if uh, if the eventually that kill points would come into it as the sec- the secondary tiebreaker, I was like, I'll need to go get high. So I just went for the full 1990 and took that to the, win- uh, the major win on that one. You, Nathan? Uh, yeah, so going into the event, I was saying I didn't want to play anything with sort of heavy shooting. Because I only had the four monsters and the, the the small number of battle line, and also the escalation. It would be great if I never needed to play the escalation mission. And then walking over to my table is Andy Curry with Carriage and Overlords, and the fucking mission is in is escalation. So <laughs> at the start of the event, I was like, oh god, here we go. It's all about to start um, playing. It, it struck me that it was first place at the Howling, playing second place at the Howling as well. Oh, yeah, I was like, of course. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, not how I wanted the event to start uh, Friday, <laughs> uh, Saturday morning. But um, no, it was. It ended up being a really, really good game. Um, Andy was playing with a unit of 30 Arcanauts, 10 Arcanauts, 10 Arcanauts as his battle line. Uh, he had the Encanter with the Comet, and he also had the Pendulum. Uh, he then had a Navigator as an additional Dispel. Um, two Chemists. A unit of 12 Riggers with three Grapple Hooks. Um, and a unit of six Riggers with two Drill Cannons. And that was his list. 
can't remember the exact points total and artifacts and stuff they had, and I didn't, I don't have a copy of it. Uh, but I was able to outdrop him, so I was able to decide who went first. Obviously, I had to deploy twenty-four inches back, and he was able to deploy nine inches away. So it was impossible for me to do anything turn one. Uh, the maximum threat range I've got is twenty-eight inches move, and then even after that, we're still going to be five inches. At at the very least for a charge and that's only on one dragon so i had to just kind of thread the needle with uh, where i was placing my models to make sure that i wasn't in range after turn one i quickly discovered that i couldn't afford to just constantly stay out of range or i'd give up too much of the table so my game basically became uh putting models within a range of maybe half or just over half of his units, trying to just uh, minimize the total amount of damage that he could do to me before I had a turn to get in range. So we ended up just kind of doing this little kind of dance around the middle objective for two turns before I got a priority into turn three. Uh, we were both two points each. Uh, priority into turn three, I was able to zoom across the board with all four monsters. Uh, got one zombie dragging in on a unit of 12 riggers and got one zombie dragging in on a unit of six riggers, but then I failed to charge with Neferat and the Bloodseeker Palanquin. So they were just kind of standing there right in front of 30 Arcanauts. Um, if I'd managed to get them in, it would have probably been a little bit easier for me going forward, but I don't think it would have made a massive difference. I was able to clean off the high damage uh, units and also get an extra point scored on the middle objective that he now couldn't get to. So going into turn four, all I had to do was score all three objectives and then with what was left on the table, he wouldn't be able to catch me. Um, he didn't have the mobility to capture all three objectives to then catch up. So I was able to get the, the major victory on score at the halfway through turn four, we decided to just call it. I've not done the game justice because there was there was a lot of things going on. Uh, it's really hard to explain. Like there was a key moment where he failed all three grapple hook moves. Um, if he'd made even one of those grapple hook moves, it would have been a completely different game, uh, probably in his favour, because he would be able to just like zoom all over the board, get into the, the zombie dragons with those riggers doing all the damage. So four uh, plus doing that, it? it's a four plus. He rolled three yeah. dice and rolled like a one and two threes or something, and that that would have been a key moment. I don't think we realised how key a moment it would have been until the end of the game. But if he'd been able to get that off, it would have been a very different game. If I'd been able to get that charge in with Neferata, it might have just given me the minus one to hit bubble a little bit longer. Um, if I quickly realised as well that it was going to go down to a draw based on the fact that turn two and three, we were just scoring two points each. So the amount that he killed was insane. Those <laughs> sky hooks are nuts. Like, it, they just went through my army like butter. Um, I think all I had left at the end of the game was five die rolls and one dragon. And I'd have probably have lost that dragon by the end of the game as well, had we played out turn five. Uh, so I would have been well on my way to a tabling. But... I was able to get the points, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. But Andy was a, a great game. It was a, a, it was we were both joking that it was going to be 30, 45 minutes, and we'd be at the bar, and the game ended up taking two hours. So that no, was good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And did anybody else play Andy before we ask where he finished? Uh, 
No, out none of, of you guys. Did. No, no, none of us. So where did Andy's list finish in the end after taking that that? Uh, three, three wins, two losses. He had. He finished. Uh, I, can't remember. I think it was sixth. Was it seventh. or seventh? Yeah, seventh. yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty good just going. Distract the schedule. Uh, would have done that. Caused that. It's pretty good going, seeing as though he was doing it to try and make Caradron good, and doing yeah. it without any of the boats. So oh, oh, they, well. they are good. They he are good. Well. Yeah. He was. He was second. He was second top of the three wins. Yeah. He. Yeah. No. Yeah. He what if his last GP. game with John Craig. He had his last game with John Craig. Uh, if he didn't get double turned, he he was he says he was in quite a comfortable place in that game that he would have been able to take advantage. But so he probably a podium then double turn. Uh, he would have been on four wins, yeah, one loss. So he would have probably been where no, he would have been under Riaf because obviously Riaf played me, so Riaf's strength of schedule would be higher from that. So he'd be fourth. Ah, uh, true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Riaf was fifth. Yeah, but that's because uh, I lost my last game. And that put him down. If he was, if he'd won his last game, he would have went. If I'd won my last game, he would have went up to spoilers. Uh, he yeah, true, <laughs> true, true, yeah, true, true. Okay, true. okay. So, so one um, doesn't sound like the realms did too much. So, what was two? How was the mission, and where hmm. were you fighting? Two was the best one. No, two. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the best? Who they shot. got? They got Sean up to draw it. No, no, no. Was it Mike actually? It was Sean. It was Sean. Did, did Mike do round one or something? Oh, Mike remember. was at the opposite end of the room, uh, the far <laughs> corner of the room, glaring, <laughs> praying Stink for orb. Yeah. Okay. So what? Did, what came out? So what order did they come out in? Go on. We came as blood and glory. Blood and Glory first, so that's Got. the four objectives, and you can auto win on turn three. Yeah, we've all played it a lot recently as well. Yeah, yeah we have. Yeah. So it's quite and a common one. Second mission in the first handbook as well. We were yeah. in the great, great realm of beasts. Fuck. Beasts. <laughs> and everybody's been waiting for beasts in a competitive <laughs> tournament. And then Sean, the absolute twat, rolled a six. So everyone got two beasts. Double beasts. So... Had you all taken beast double beasts with you nope. just in case? Nope. <laughs> I took so, I took a Gorgon with me that I'd painted up for the Scottish Open that twenty thirteen, the first event. Years ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So without spoilers, did any of your opponents take two beasts? Yes. My opponent took three. So <laughs> I was able to borrow one of his and play with one of my own. Should we start right. with, we start with that... Ethan? Because it's possibly the best one. No, best? no, no. Let, let's oh, build up to it. Come on, <laughs> let's keep the routine. <laughs> what were you? Give us your, hit us with yours. Okay, so I was playing uh, one of the local guys, Sean Keating, who had not played before. So again, second uh, new opponent, which was good. He had Nurgle. So I was thinking, all right, okay, this isn't going anywhere this game. Um. But his list wasn't um, netlisted anyway. It was Archaeon, the Glockin, uh, the Lord of Plagues, which, again, I've never seen on the table before, but lovely model, so I was delighted to see it on the table. Gutrot, who I absolutely love. Um, and then he had five Blight Kings, five Blight Kings, ten Blight Kings. So, again, a really low model count army. So I'm thinking, maybe maybe I've got a chance here. You've got the full objectives. Um, he He's definitely not getting mine. Um, and there's a slim chance I might get his, depending on what his big characters do. Uh, but being it as back to the back to the uh, headline story, 
in Beasts. I had my Gorgon, which I'd rebased at sort of 10 p.m. the night before. And then, as it turns out, square-based models were okay, apparently. So <laughs> I didn't need to rebase the fucker in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so I did an early shit speed paint of the base with uh, a Grell and Earth on... or no, fucking Martian Iron Earth on... Yeah bare black plastic which was peeling off and stuff so it looked shit um anyway he didn't have a beast so i just said in my kind way and my post game one uh kind of <laughs> adrenaline rush of winning a game i was like nah listen you've not got a beast mate i'm happy to not play my beast so i plunked it down by the side so you cheated we just Thanks. got on with it so i cheated i haven't strung myself immediately you could have asked us we were on the table behind you we had loads of beasts you. You all the fucking beasts. <laughs> it actually does say may put a beast down. I did actually hmm. check this ruling. It is a may. So I took the high ground, despite my bravado in the chat the week before saying, no, oh, if you roll it and uh, and I've got a beast, I'm playing it. But I didn't, so. Anyway, so he, he had his uh, sort of lone wolf kind of army. We, we were obviously at an ergo tree each, so they, they were in the middle of the table, kind of uh, on the centre lines. Um, I set up my 30 plague bearers each on my two objectives. I'd Lord of Blights him with 130 on the left. I had Rotagus kind of in the middle um, and this Great and Clean one kind of towards the other unit of Blade Bearers. And my two Blight Kings were up on the, uh, the kind of start line, ready to kind of... They were the attackers, really. Them and Rotagus are the attackers, so... But I wasn't that confident. He, he had got Rot on his unit of 10 off the board on the boat, so they were obviously coming on turn one. And he just had his five and his five on his objectives with Glockin and uh, Archeon kind of in the middle of those two. So there's no, there's no real way I can kill the two big characters, um, to be honest, unless Rotogus goes absolutely mental and happens to mortal wound them every turn and stabs them in the face for a few turns of combat. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't playing the combat game here. Um, but I think I, he must have got turn one. Um, Maybe he even gave it to me, I can't remember. But the, the, the start of the game was me. Obviously, we've got one wheel between the two of us, and it ended up on the plus two move turn one, which is kind of what I always aim for anyway. Um, and my unit of Blight Kings kind of in the centre-ish um, got a bit excited and kind of caught his tree um, with a big run and a big charge. I think it was like a nine or ten-inch charge. And Alpha, <laughs> Alpha struck his unit of five Blight Kings sitting on his objective, um, and they had the Lord of Plague sitting beside them, so it was a slightly uneven fight. But not, you know, if dice go well, then I'm, I might get lucky and, and start start well. Um, as it turned out, they they, they kind of got ground down, and Glockin, who was nearby, got into them and killed them. So that was fine. I wasn't really bothered about that. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I wasn't paying attention to the middle of my backfield, and I left enough space that he could deep strike his. Ten Blight Kings and Gut Rot in the middle of my kind of baseline deployment area, which is a bit of a mistake. Um, so they 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 got in and charged Rotagus, um, basically surrounded him and whittled him down and basically took him off after a couple of turns. Um, the I, 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 I then got cash, so I've got shackles on my list. I cast shackles to kind of shield off the the plague bearers um, that had Lord of Blights in them. And I've got the Great and Clean kind of shielding the other objective. So I was I, I was fairly happy he wasn't going to threaten the objectives, but he he got some points up on me by killing Rotagus. Um, 
Meanwhile, my other Blight Kings had pushed forward, um, heading towards his other, other objective, and Archeon had gone towards them with his unit of five Blight Kings. So it was really come down to points. It was obviously going to be points. It was never going to be anything else. Um, and basically, he killed, long story short, he killed Rotagus and the five Blight Kings that went mental and charged across the board, which is probably stupid. Um, and he, he, he nicked away Fe- Festus, um, who was obviously sitting beside my great and clean one. Uh, he got killed, and I managed to kill uh, Gut Rot and two units of... Uh, I, I got both units of Blight Kings in the end from him. So it was a it was a VP loss and not a very big VP loss in the end. Being being Nurgle v Nurgle, it was uh, I scored four forty, he scored six forty. So a bit of a grind in the end to really not much, not much, uh, <laughs> not much glory to be honest. Um, but yeah, good to play Sean. He was he, he was getting a bit um, upset with his with his rolls at some point. I think that the, the kind of dice were letting him down. Um, but he was he was a good lad in the end. Um, so. Yeah, there we go. There you go, the most minor of minor victories. Yeah, typical minor losses. Yeah. <laughs> but as you say, it was a, it was just a, a straight, a straight. Don't matter if you had a minor loss or a major loss or a minor victory. Or exactly, major. exactly. So that's the mindset you've got to get into. You got to say, right, I can still win this, but it's going to be on like hundred victory points versus yeah. trying to score all and four you, objectives. Well, that's it. So you're getting exactly the same. In the scheme yeah. of it, and that's one of the key things about a tournament, I suppose. Know the pack and know how yeah. you score before you go into it. I mean, uh, so what he did have a bit of uh, dice rage, and it was totally understandable. To be honest, at one point he rolled Hidarchy on into my unit you know, five Blight Kings, so not not trying to skewer a champion with Slayer of Kings, but it, but it was attacking with Slayer of Kings, and he rolled four ones to hit. So you know, yeah. there you go. Sometimes it doesn't work. Doesn't Sometimes it, it happens. <laughs> so, what about yourself then, Liam? How was your uh, uh, foray into the realm of beasts? I was on table two. I was against the lovely Adam Rossin and his uh, clan pestilence again. Uh, he his army was from the realm of shadow. He had a Vermilor corruptor as his general, master rotten ruin. Uh, the artifact again was a sort of judgment. Uh, plague furnace uh, with the artifact of labor by Bonicus. I think that's the re-roll uh, prayers. Two plague priests with plague sensors. Three units of 40 plague monks. A plague claw. Uh, warp now vermin lord is an ally. The congregation of filth formation, which has the monks and the furnace in it. And chromatic, cro- uh, chromatic cogs uh, put in his list at 1990. So he started, obviously, with a one command point. Uh, so we were setting up, and obviously we were chatting. I obviously... Uh, took the obviously the idea of before the event not to take any monsters. I just I it's I don't think it, it's been talked about. I don't think it's for competitive gaming, but I also think it's a very much a very strong pay to pay to win or pay to, for a strong advantage. Uh, not an Adam. Not saying Adam had that. He just obviously has these monsters at home anyway and took them with him. He had an ale guzzler gargant and a mangler squig. Uh, I also think the strength from being the realm of beasts, if you are playing with this rule, is to have the lowest drops because it just means you get to alpha with whatever monsters you have. Uh, his two monsters were nine inches away from me, and it pretty much just forced me to kill them turn one. That's what my first turn's uh, job was to do. This game was really, really tight uh, turn two to three uh, between me and Adam. He 
wiped the Black Knights out. He wiped out the Grim Gas down to four or five models. Uh, he had, on turn three, he had his uh, Vermilord Corruptor and his Warp Knot and Plague Monks in my Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon. And the the, the Dragon was slowly come whittling down. He did have one wound for two turns on his Warp Knot left. And it was literally just within six inches of an, uh, one of my grave sites. So I was like, obviously, if it dies on a four plus, I will get a unit back. His Corruptor comes in with the ten attacks, reroll and hit into wound, rolls one six on the first lot in a five, four, two freeze, and then the rest missed, rerolls, still just a one six. He does the d6 model wounds, does two. Uh, so two model wounds there. The rest go. The rest he rolls for obviously wounds. Nothing. Uh, he gets one through. So I get one armor save. I save it. Two more wound saves. I save one. So I only take one wound from the sword of judgment, uh, allowing the dragon. Then on my turn three, uh, I was able to val transference. Rolled it on the ten. So I got it off twice. Bang bang into both the vampire, uh, the warp knots, uh, the warp knot and the corruptor. Took the corruptor down a couple of wounds. Uh, killed the warp knot, which allowed me to then heal. Uh, back up the wounds I'd lost uh, from that uh, the Plague Monks in that combat. It was so tight at this point. I was like, I just need to roll a 4+. Roll a dice, 4+. 15 Black Knights are back on the board and just ready to go. So then buff them up again on my turn. And then from there, I just uh, the Black Knights just walked through. So they killed that. That turn, they killed the Plague Monks and the Corruptor. Next turn, I killed the furnace. I killed the furnace that turn as well because obviously I was able to spread them out and get so much into the spread of the combats. Next turn, I then went in again and killed another unit of plague monks that was left, and the priests and the furnace, and then that was game. Uh, the priests really just, as as me and Adam said, they just slowed me down from being able to alpha him turn one. It meant I have to, I had to kill them first. Again, he had two monsters that explode kind of when they die, like the giant falls over and the mango squigs do mortals when they die for two wounds. That's all he ended up doing, which was, I think it was the downside of those monsters. But again, as we said, if anyone took along a magma dragon or two thunder tusks, you could really have such a negative play straight off the bat because you could just go two thunder tusks, two ups, I'll kill that hero, I'll kill that hero. That's all your synergy's gone. Or if you're playing any hero mission, you've killed two heroes, and you're like, you've got one hero left. I'm going to put my heroes on the objectives. I've won the game. Kind of that sort of idea. Uh, I do feel that, as it's obviously, it was pushed then for Masters was to obviously to take it out, because it did. It left a sour taste, I think, in some people's mouths that actually played with it. Uh, but that was my game of Adam. It was a great game. Uh, obviously, obviously, a gentleman it was just such a close game. It came to the wire at that point, because I thought there, I'd lost the game just due to him still having, like, when my Grimgasts were, like, nearly dead and my Black Knights were dead, you had, still had, like, 30, 20 Plague Monks in one unit and 40 in another, which is still just so much of his attack power on the board. Ah, well, Adam's a, a legend, isn't he? He's a, he's a really nice guy to play, and I think it's, uh, like you were saying there, it's pretty critical that um, Legion of Sacrament, um, the four plus you mentioned there, mm-hmm. uh, for those that don't know it, is that um, whereby most legions and a gash armies, um, you need to spend a command point to um, to bring or recycle back a unit that's been, been slain. Um, with Legion of Sacrament, if an enemy unit is destroyed within six inches of a, of a gravesite, 
on a four plus, you automatically get back one of your slain units and so strong. It's such a good ability, uh, especially when people put a, a lot of people who are maybe not so used to playing them think that they've got it covered by sticking a hero or something small yeah. on the gravesite uh, to block you from um, to spawn in something that's either deployed in the grave or bringing something back. And then you snipe that off and then you've got a 50% chance of not even needing to spend a command point and bringing one back. So I think that uh, does come down to Adam's maybe knowledge of playing it. Because uh, I did say, like, when I went and entered the combat, when he had, like, only four wounds left, I was like, you are within six of where you are. You will, if you die, I'll get the... He had... There was a chance there for him to just pile out of that range. But yeah. I just don't think he maybe saw that or bothered that that was an issue. You know what I mean? He maybe saw yeah. it up. It's not going to happen. No, uh, and a tip to people who are playing, I mean, it does say in the book um, that it's the last model that's removed. So if yeah. you've got a block there that are getting whittled down, um, obviously it's uh, it's a little, I've said obviously as well, see? <laughs> um, it's a bit of a tip for you there that um, as you're removing the, un- uh, the models from the unit, um, take them from as close to the gravesite first so that when you remove the last model, it's not within six and... And it doesn't give um, us uh, Trixie Legion of Sacrament players uh, the opportunity. I think as deaf players, Nathan will agree as well. Like the first mini game is where you put your grave sites to benefit yeah. your army the most. Definitely. And if your opponent doesn't see what you're doing by where you've placed them, you're just like, well, I've all so got strength the, advantage. There can be a lot so, of misdirection there as well, though, because mm-hmm. I yeah. I always place one of my grave sites. In a red herring place just to skew how people are going to deploy their armies and i do uh, it on purpose we'll, we'll get onto that in my uh, next game actually. all right okay uh, <laughs> that happened in my next game yeah okay you were so, the uh, oh, i was just gonna say so what's your what, what, what's your tactics for grave sites i've not played enough, enough honestly not not enough against them to depends on the region of... that you're playing it, yeah it, like and uh, Nathan's army isn't designed on healing from his grave sites at mm-hmm. all. If he had the one block of 40, he would maybe use them a bit more. Would you agree, Nathan? If yeah, you had definitely. a big block. Because uh, his only units are the small, the unit of zombies and the dogs, his list is kind of designed to either put them on the board and hold his home objectives and his big things go and chase, or he yeah. puts his grave sites in places where he could summon late game, like bring those yeah. units on late game and then take the objectives from the enemy or jump back onto his own. Because his army is fast enough that it can't do that. So you place yeah. them kind of... I place again, them like, offset say, yeah. so that they're not going to be blocked by units that are holding objectives. Whereas if I was playing Legion of Sacrament, I would you probably to try to put them. them onto the objectives. Yeah, you want, And you then if I was playing Legion of Nagash, play. it's a middle ground, isn't it? Like... Yeah, Nagash, so I'd see the Grand Host Nagash is more of a defensive build. I feel Sacrament and Blood push out more, but Blood's normally based around its heroes more than its units, while Sacrament's based around the summonable units a lot more than uh, to obviously death. Like, I, feel, I do feel Legion of Blood is designed for you to take the Double Dragon or a Dragon and Blood Knights and things which can't heal or are powered by the gravesites at all so they in that list you kind of just skew with them and you go all right you either put them in places where you pretty much just want your opponent to overthink what you're going to do with them or 
you just like as you played again, you'll play like someone later at the event where you just went, I don't need them, you're not getting them because you had the death off. Yep, just put them on my back table edge, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my game one, they had no effect, it was Grand Host, they, they did nothing. He, he got his regen on his direwolves purely from Arkan and Nagash. Yeah, and Nagash board wide heal. Uh, board dry, yep, yep. Uh, Grand Host is different, I think. With they, I feel Nagash is more of a defensive build. He doesn't really go out there and strike. He kind of always wants to either chain back to himself so he can power things, or you kind of you don't leave your half the territory often, or until late game, unless the realms are really strong for you. Like if you're in life or shadow, where you can jump off the board edge and things like that. Normally, otherwise, Nagash is kind of he reacts to your opponent doing things and then strikes and grinds, sort of, I feel. Yeah, the Legion, the, the <clears throat> Grand Host and the Gash, obviously has the... Sorry. <laughs> Obvi- <laughs> it has the... Obviously. Um, obviously. has the five, <laughs> the five plus um, to heal the extra D3. Clearly. It's quite, it's quite clear. Um, so each of them play very, very differently, and it depends on your build and what you've taken for your summonable units, which are generally battle line or mm-hmm. you fast or elite and i mean of of the ones i choose the the harbingers and things can't be healed the more the mortarks can't but your black knights your skeletons your zombies and things can so grimgasts yeah and if you've got a big block there and you've got a big block of 30 and you're not going to use them offensively um if you've only got one one to defend you can really stack your your um grave sites on it and if you put in three within nine of where you know your block's going to be that's a, a 3d3 plus d uh d3 from each of your characters on a big block so it's a really resilient block so, definitely like you say definitely like take and hold a knife to heart you pretty much either put three you kind of put two in your deployment zone then you put one a bit further forward and then yeah. you'd have one to the side of the objective, whichever side you want to not push, because you want kind of that to be your side. You bring stuff back on. You kind of want to late game go, oh, you've left a gap. I can bring this back, run onto the objective, and take it from them. Yeah. You don't. Uh, again, like you say, most people either try and block it, but that's kind of hard to do against Sacrament because when you block, you're giving yeah, you're the Sacrament player an advantage. Up, yeah. 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 You, you're. You like you say you're playing with uh, you're playing it's, with your hand shown rather it's than a, uh, yeah it's a great mind game with Legion of Night and I've found that in the last couple of events I've been to because um, you're putting things in ambush as well as in the grave so mm-hmm. you only have to put one grave site off to one side on their one of their flanks and you can just really influence how they deploy because they think you're gonna come on in ambush you're going to pull things up through the grave and you're going to do this that and the other and you might have no intention to do that so as as uh, liam says there one of the first games that you play when you're playing with death and legions is is often misdirection as well as uh as well as uh tactics when you you're placing those sites so okay then so where's the big one um nathan uh how was it? What did you play? And, and, and what's all this about beasts? <laughs> well, um, so I drew Paul Whitehead, who's currently playing with Order Draconis. 
which is the better version of my list. <laughs> so he has uh, three big dragons and two units of ten Eternal Guard and four units of five Dragon Princes. And they're inside that Order Draconis uh, formation that lets them move. And then they roll a dice after the move and they can do Dragon host, a shoot yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of bonkers. It's the list that I'm playing was kind of made in the list that he's playing's image. People only really started thinking about the Legion of Blood Dragons as a result of how well Order Draconis was doing. And I quickly found in the game, if we can call it a game, <laughs> that, uh, that it, it wasn't... I didn't really have anything that I could do. Uh, so... Just to go back to the beginning, we had Realm of Beasts, two beasts. I only brought a Idanith turtle that I borrowed from one of the guys at the club, Matt's turtle. And uh, Paul had come with three. He had uh, Element of Beasts, Element of Fire, and he had uh, Dread Sorin. So, of course, he was picking his Dread Sorin, but he was the gentleman and uh, offered to roll a dice to see who would get which of the, the elements, and we played with two each. Um, so I ended up with the element of beasts and the turtle. He had the dread sorin and the element of fire. We both set up in our territories, kind of offset. I was to the right, he was to the left. Um, and I then deployed my two monsters nine inches away from his army, and he deployed his two monsters nine inches away from my army. So turn one, I took turn one moved uh, towards the two monsters he'd put in front of my army and charged them, moved the two monsters in front of his army and charged him, and we spent two turns fighting each other's monsters, and then a light bulb appeared above Paul's head, and he was like, ah, and then started measuring and was like, how fast can you move? basically put dice down a millimeter away from where I could possibly get to with a 12 inch charge. And we did a dance for the next two turns where neither of us, well, I wasn't in range to attack him, but he was in range to attack me. And it basically came down to turn five uh, where I had the option to charge him. And I was holding two objectives, he was holding two objectives. If he gave me turn five, and I had to then move one of my dragons out to try and kill something of his, because it was going to come down to kill points. I had 17, he had none, because uh, I'd been able to kill a unit of Etern Eternal Guard. If I had stayed on the objectives and just tried to hold out with my 70 kill points lead, he would have been able to get bodies on the objective uh, and win three objectives to one. If I tried to kill the bodies that he would do that with, I would then be putting a dragon in the middle of the table that he would then charge with three of his dragons, and he would win on kill points. And I had no way to reach out and get the objectives because he had measured so that I was not in a position to do that. So I took the opportunity to try and dart across the table and kill one of his dragons, um, and wasn't able to, wasn't able to kill one of his dragons, and he took the turn five, moved models into range of the objective, and just won. So it wasn't really much of a game. Um, the fact that we had to spend two turns fighting through monsters probably did impact the game. I think if the monsters weren't there and I had turn one, I would have deployed centrally on the table and 
just kind of forced the issue. He probably wouldn't have been able to run away from me as easily as he was because I was pinned on one side of the table fighting 30 wounds of monsters and he was on the complete other side of the table. Um, so yeah, for me, Realm of Beasts is utter dog doo-doo and <laughs> we should never play it. I went, into, I went into this event uh, talking about we should play out the book, see what it's like. Let's give it a go. As soon as this event is over, I'm of the opinion that we should go back to picking five, uh, picking five missions so that we've got good variants of missions and we should definitely rule out some of the, the stupid realmscapes. If Games Workshop aren't going to do it, we're going to have to because that was not a game. Paul was an absolute gent. I've never had a bad game against Paul and he's great to talk to. Um, but it, it, that was one. That was a way that he could guarantee that he would win that game. So he had to do it. Uh, it was just a. It was just a shame that there wasn't really a whole lot that we could do. He made the joke as well that the last time he he'd played uh, uh, Aegon, he had ended up in the same situation with Steve Sanderson, and they both had a, a kind of stalemate. He was saying he's going to bring a sombrero because every game he plays ends up like a Mexican standoff. And I was making the joke that the common denominator there is him and not Steve. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But no, uh, it, it was a good game. Um, it was good to see what happens in the Realm of Beasts and I won't be too quick to play it again. Okay. Okay, well, uh, we'll leave our main thoughts on the Realmscapes and open book uh, till the end, obviously. <laughs> There's a there's a couple of thoughts coming through, but what was what was game three? Um, this is the last game of day one, obviously, and um, uh, we never played the same mission. Well, you never played the same mission or the same realmscape twice. So, what what was drawn for game three? It was knife to the heart in realm the realm of, realm of shadow with uh, number six, where if you roll a six plus, you can move a unit off the board at the start of a hero phase. So it's another six, because the six is the big one, isn't it, in each of the realmscapes? If you roll yeah, the six, yep. it's pretty wild what comes uh, through. It normally is just, it's normally one, it's actually normally something that will impact the game. Like yeah. Normally the sixes are always going to impact what's happening. Uh, but yeah, you just ignore this ability. I just play with the command ability. And I don't think the actual... Did anyone ever roll the 6+, plus? I never even no. rolled for it because I just went, no, I'll just spend a command point for the command ability in Shadow instead. Which I allows you to do this ability for free, but you don't yeah, have to exactly. roll the dice for the models to lose them on a 1. Because so, you've yeah. got to be within, within 6 inches of the edge, you, you, yeah. it is. You know, you're, you're, you're hugging the edge, which never happens to be honest. So, hugging even the edge? Night for the heart. You just walk <laughs> off the edge, that's what I do. My army <laughs> did. Okay, so let's take you Scott then. Um, how did yours go? Who were you against? Okay, so I was absolutely delighted by my Game 3 opponent. It was Mr. Ian Hunter, who I had never played before in any form of Warhammer. So this was one of my, genuinely was one of my Aegom aims, was to play Ian. Because um, he, he does tend to go to all the Aegoms. I think this is my fifth now. And he, he might have been to all of them, or at least most of them. Um, so delighted to play Ian. And Kind of doubly delighted because he's 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 got his new book, having played the the Warherd for several years now, probably. Um, he's he's finally had a wee boost and his list has changed. Um, 
from Howling, where he hadn't managed to get his, uh, his his new models kind of to tabletop standard. So he had. I was trying to build his list up here. I didn't get a picture of it. I didn't write it down properly on the day, and I did message him, but I didn't quite get a reply in time for tonight. So I th- this is this is basically his list: Doom Bull, I think two Shaman on uh, on disc. Or ones, yeah. Yeah, he had he had six minos. Uh, well, what they called fucking uh, bulgors. Six. Six Bulgore, three Bulgore, three Bulgore. He had 30 um, Ungor Raiders with bows. He had two tens of Ungors. He had 10 Gore. He had a Gorgon and he had Cogs and he had a formation. And I'm, I'm not sure which formation it was, to be honest. And he was chucking a few command points in there. Um, he had his Herdstone. Dimzinch, wasn't it? Um, I, I, I honestly can't remember. It, it didn't really pay a big, play a big role, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it was again diagonal deployment. Um, he had his herdstone back just in front of his objective, surrounded by his little units of ongors just to feed the herdstone to generate his his summoning points. Um, he had one shaman back there. I think his ten gore were back there as well. He had a few things off the board, pretty much his doom bull, his six minotaurs, and his in fact probably all of his minotaurs and his gorgon, if that was right, because he, he he was running the. Um, the ambushing, uh, what's it called? Great Bray. Mm-hmm. Um, forget the name of them now. Dark Herd, is it or something? Yeah. So he was running that one. So he he could ambush four units. Um, and I think he let him do it by turn two. Is that right? Off the top of my head. Yeah. So it was bit better ambushing basically, and that's all from table edge again, six inches in, nine inches from me. So on a big diagonal board, it's quite a quite a a large area for him to to threaten. Um, so I set up um, obviously with 30 plague bearers and um, let me just grab a picture of my, my setup here if I can find it um, no, I didn't take a picture of it, there we go but basically I was I was defending my, my territory with three plague bearers um, had the blight kings on the periphery as usual kind of rotogus in the middle of blah 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 usual kind of setup uh, he came on early with his so he got priority. No, actually, I think I got priority the first two turns. Um, nothing really happened. Again, this is kind of one of these. Uh, n- neither of us is going to get a major, basically, because I'm not going to let him take mine. Um, I'm probably not going to be able to threaten his very well. Um, with with my my stuff's not not terribly offensive, um, to be honest. So it was very much like game two in the end, to be honest. So he he, he brought his monitors on the board edge. Um, and and actually they they hit quite hard when they when they charge. I don't know if they get a bonus when they charge, but they they, they, they certainly hit hard. <laughs> They're like minus two ren to three damage or something like that. Yeah, the double axe ones are like that. Yeah, yeah so three three, three minotaurs blitzed the unit of five blight kings um, on my right sort of flank, and I was like, oh shit. That, they're coming in hard here. My even three, three minotaurs might do some you know serious damage um, coming towards my objective. So. My, my my second unit of thirty who were kind of in the middle, just kind of waiting to see what to do. They sort of took a, a long sidestep with a bit of bell ringing to kind of push towards those those minotaurs, and I got the the, the negative buffs on off on them that would stop the minotaurs from doing so much damage, and I killed them in the end. You know, pretty quickly actually, quicker than I thought. Meanwhile, his his second ambushing force was down on my bottom left flank. The six minotaurs, the doom bull, and the gorgon all came on and. This this is a bit more threatening, but Rot Rot Rotigus and his and the five Blight Kings 
were down that neck of the woods and they they sort of soaked it up um but died in the progress of doing so so my objectives were safe and you know there was a lot of dice getting rolled by this point nothing was going to ever happen other than just kill points um i i, I managed to summon three flies on at the end didn't have any didn't have any plague bearers to summon because i only had the 60 so none had died but pretty much um so, so i brought on three flies and fired them into uh, i think it was a unit of 10 angor um i realized I, I couldn't kill anything else outright and it ended up being something like um 660 kill points to him versus 620 or something to me so it was you know it was a ball here in the end um but ian got the ian got the major or, or the win in, in, yeah. in currency so uh, nice, nice game, great to play Ian. He's always he's always brilliant to play. There's there's there's, there's no snash with Ian. He just gets on with it, and he's he's a lovely lad. Yeah. So again, it's a it's a narrow loss, but it's a loss. So back in eighth, that'd have been well. Back in a fantasy battle, that'd have been a draw. At, well, two draws you'd have had there. Well, that's it. I mean, then yeah, so my games, my game two and my game three were two hundred point. VP loss and what was that forty point VP loss? So okay, even the new, even in AOS currency, it's 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 two minor losses. So you know, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm not getting pumped here. No, it's good. <laughs> that's, it's that's, very that's close. Good message. <laughs> <laughs> so what about yourself then, Nathan? Um, what did you have? Um, so oh, sorry, I've got was Liam, Why, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it's Liam. It's <laughs> not whiskey for you. Me, that's the right. uh, I played. Uh, was playing against Riath, who's uh, picked up a lovely netlist uh, since we last saw him. What was he playing? Yeah, the no. daughters of Cain. Uh, Temple was Hagnar uh, from the realm of Akashi. Uh, he had a slaughter queen on a cauldron of blood with traded devoted disciples, which gives the seven-inch bubble of a five-plus Cain save instead. He had the artifact of Ignax scales on it for the four-plus mortal wound protection. The pr- a prayer was Crimson rejuvenation. Uh, rejuvenation. Don't know what that does, and never came up in the game. You had a Hag Queen on Cauldron with Iron Circlet, which lets it re-roll its bl- uh, prayer if it rolls a one. Uh, he then had the prayer blessing of Cain on that. He then had a Hag Queen on foot with Martyr's Sacrifice. Another Hag Queen on foot with Sacrament of Blood. Uh, f- two units of thirty Witch Elves with knives and bucklers. A unit of thirty Witch Elves with knives. A unit of five Doomfire Warlocks with Mindraiser and two units of five Life Takers, also the Cauldron of Blood Formation, uh, Cauldron Guard Formation, uh, which is the Life Takers, the two uh, Cauldrons, as far as I'm aware, and then the Witch Elves. So he was at five drops to my four. Uh, we rolled off. Uh, I got to choose sides, so I stayed where I was. I Example, I'll speak here about the gravesite. So I put three in my deployment zone, and I put one and it was about 10 inches in front of his objective uh, for obviously what would happen later in the game. Uh, so turn one, uh, so I just deployed. I deployed my Grim Gas all the way around my board edge at the back. So they're all holy, uh, uh, So they're all pretty much within six. There was a couple that weren't because I was going to obviously move them about. My Dragon, the same. Dragon was moved. So after he did his three-inch move, he'd be in six inches of the board edge. Black Knights were in range of him and the White King, so they could also... So it looks like I wasn't going for the jump, but I can then obviously move into jump range. Uh, So turn one, I jumped my Dragon and my Black Knights 
uh, to nine inches away from his army. I then walked them up. The Black Knights charged two units of uh, Witch Elves, the one unit of Knives and the unit of Bucklers. And then uh, my dragon, pardon me, went in the front of the Buckler unit that the uh, Black Knights had also charged. So then that was pretty much my first turn, just spent doing that. Uh, put up, uh, didn't do any spells or anything uh, from my other heroes because I wasn't in range or anything. The Realm of Shadow spells are quite not great, really. I don't... Other than the jump one, I don't think there's anything else that's extremely... 5 plus save. The 5 plus save can be good, but it's quite... It's a 7 to cast, isn't it? And it's on the yeah, caster. I, yeah, I don't think I cast any of them, to be honest. I uh, didn't cast any of the Realm spells. I actually didn't only cast uh, one spell this entire uh, game, actually. And I cast Cogs on turn 2. That was That was it. Uh, just because I didn't need to cast anything else, really. Uh, obviously, you do the move at the start of the hero phase, so I can't buff the Black Knights before I throw, I fly them over, uh, warp them over with the uh, command ability. So the Black Knights charge, hit the two units. Black Knights, even without their buffs, I took off 15 on the double-knifed unit, and I took about 7 or 8 off of the Buckler unit. We had the conversation before this combat happened of what Doppelganger Cloak does. And he then chose to just start piling in to my Doppelganger Cloak. And I was at the point of when I was just like, well, we just literally had this conversation two minutes ago of you can't hit me. But he obviously piled it in. Obviously just got blinkers on, just tunnel vision that that dragon is the target. Piled in so he didn't get his attacks. I then went with the dragon. Obviously, took most of that unit off. I think he had a loss. He lost like another 11 to that dragon. Uh, his deployment also, he lost on the unit of 15. The unit of paired knives that lost 15, it wasn't in the Hagnar bubble, so it didn't get the 5 out, it just got the 6 up. Uh, he then obviously attacked back, hit the Black Knights. Uh, the Black Knights had lost about 4 re that turn between the two units. Well, obviously, the unit of Witch Elves that targeted the dragon couldn't hit the dragon. And then, obviously, his uh, unit of 15 just took off the four Black Knights because, they, obviously, they weren't buffed or anything because it was the turn one alpha. Because of the way his deployment did, he, he staggered his deployment, uh, which then allowed me to stagger mine because once he hadn't dropped his formation the way I knew, I was like, well, you're just going to keep rising on deployments because of the way you've split. And I can, obviously, just slowly join you until I'm always, like, one or two less. Uh I just knew from like turn one what I was planning to do. I was planning to major on turn two uh, or three just by jumping his objective. He then, uh, turn two, he got the, so his turn, he chucks everything into the dragon, takes it down to four wounds. Uh, and then obviously the Black Knights, he nearly wipes out and there's one left. He then, on his turn, he rolled initiative, he takes the turn. He then chose to just uh, kill the... The dragon died from the uh, shooting uh, that he did, which obviously killed the dragon. Uh, he then obviously got quite obs obsessed with obviously my gravesite. I'm like, he was like, oh, how can you summon that? I was like, well, I can do this and this. So he spent like the rest of his movement that turn moving to block that gravesite. But he left obviously a big enough bubble at the back of his deployment, a back of his objective of where I could uh, use the shadow move. Which he didn't. He just obviously didn't see. He then, I moved, I took my turn too. 
I, I was like, obviously, when he was doing his movements, I was checking for my Grimgas, and I had one that just wasn't in six inches. So I had to then, on turn two, I spent bringing up, I had a unit grave guard and skeletons on the ground. I spent the time moving these units, deploying them out of my grave sites in my deployment zone. But obviously, it was when I was moving my other units, I pushed, I nudged this guy in with his movement on my movement phase to obviously be within six. So I knew I was, wasn't giving it away that that's what I was going to do on turn three. But obviously, I then on turn uh, we then turned to I just obviously didn't do anything. Roll for initiative. He I rolled a one. I was like, oh well, I'm gonna have to actually play a lot harder for this game. Uh, he then rolls a six and goes, you can have turn three. And I was like, Are you sure? And he was like, yep. So then uh, that that's all she wrote. Spent the command point, moved the Grimgasts into the gap, walked the Grimgast onto his objective, and then had the discussion with them. Are you happy me killing your Doomfire Waterlocks and you can have my army's kill points? And that was the game. I just ended it there because I'd won the mission and I, at that point I was like, I don't mind because we only had like, I think we only had like 30 minutes, 40 minutes left on uh, that start of turn three. And obviously I, just, I was like, well, you can have my kill points because I've still got the major out of this game. So I didn't need the kill points and I only killed in the end his Doomfire Warlock unit. Okay. And that was it. Job. So, Wait, so you, that was you, you, the you got five turns in then? No, well the game ends there, and I just didn't need to didn't need to play five turns. The, five my, turns? my turn, my turns would have just been not doing anything. No, if you get the major, you get the major, I suppose, don't you? At yeah. that point, yeah, but you still well, get five it. turns in though. You could. <laughs> you could, you could spend the time for that last forty minutes of he would just be killing my stuff, but I don't need that, and I could just give him the kill points. Because the rest of the game, I would just spend walking into his army. I wouldn't really mind it. Because I'm winning at that point just by him not realising that I would win by giving me the turn. That was the yeah. problem with that game. But that's a problem with, I think, well, as I said before the game, I uh, to Nathan, that I was like, knife to the heart with Shadows, just, it's too bonkers. Because it just mitigates what that mission is hard to do. Because... Like you were saying in your game, uh, Scott, that you couldn't you couldn't push for his objective. But if you did what I did and just like you can spread your one unit of thirty plague bearers along the back and put a thirty along the front, you would have at late game you'd been able to pick up that unit of thirty plague bearers, put them somewhere, and then just yeah, walk onto his objective and charge and go. You can't kill me because you just <clears> buff them. you'd make them minus to hit and things like that. And you just if there's a gap, you could just walk onto the objective and go. I've won. Yeah, that's that, that's that's my problem. I I I deploy them almost like fantasy battle. You know, it's like I I, I deploy a block of thirty as a block of thirty. Yeah. I I don't tend to spread them out um, very well. And that's 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 why I, I need to improve on basically. What about yourself, Nathan? Um, well, I played against my practice partner Adam Rossen. Who <laughs> I tend to play Again. every Again. single event. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this was meeting number four. Um, so unlike Liam, I didn't know anything about Realm of Shadow. So I had no idea about the commandability. Well, I'd, I'd read it. I just didn't fully understand that you could then spend the command point to then not have to roll the dice. And I wasn't aware about the spell that let you teleport only time I'd played in Realm of Shadow before now was Facehammer 
and they had to ban the command point, I think, or the, the command ability, and they were only playing with the Realmscape that limited range. So I set up, I'm only four drops, and I think Adam's six, he's got the two units of 40 Plague Monks, uh, or three units of 40 Plague Monks, the Plague Furnace, uh, basically the list that Liam went through in his, his game two. Um, I set up going for being the aggressor, all the monsters right in the middle. Um, he set up on the back table edge, which should have been a, a warning sign to me, to be honest. Um, so I'd set up aggressively, quickly found out that I wouldn't be able to get into combat with everything that I wanted to. So I gave him the turn. And I could almost see the the sort of smile creep onto his face. <laughs> that uh, he, he knew something was up that I didn't. Um, so the last three times that we've met, I've had a bit of an edge with regards to lists and I've been able to get uh, wins quite easily. So I think he's been looking for his uh, his opportunity to to come and smash my, my teeth in. So he took the turn and was like, okay, I'm going to cast this spell that teleports a unit. I was like, all right, great. I see what's happening here. Uh, set up 40 Plague Monks nine inches away from Neferata. He then cast Cogs. So he was going to have his plus two to his charge. And he then brought on his uh, the Warp Gnaw guy that has the 40 Plague Monks tunneling with it. Brought that guy on nine inches away with 40 Plague Monks again. And um, proceeded to make two charges into Neferata. And one of the, the zombie dragons with uh, 80 Plague Monks. Started rolling his dice for his attacks. And he managed to get... Um, Neferata down to one wound left and Neferata of course still had to attack back and whenever you kill one of these plague rats on a 6 plus they can bleed onto you and cause a mortal wound so I started attacking back with Neferata killed about 7 or 8 plague rats and one of them bled and did a mortal wound to Neferata so I had to make a 6 up death save and if I failed it, she was dead. If I made it, she would live. And then she would heal two wounds for killing a model. Uh, picked up that pink black sun dice and rolled a fucking six. <laughs> <laughs> the colour drained from his face. Like, he was... If, if Neferat had went down, that would have been a really interesting game. Because all I would have had left would have been the, the two zombie dragons that were pinned in combat, fighting them. Uh, the, the game would have probably went in his favour had she died. But because he had taken turn one and charged everything in, going for it, uh, trying to get the kill, and then just failed and she was able to heal back up. Um, he was kind of caught with his pants down the middle of the table on a mission where uh, he needed to be able to defend his back objective. So it was a shame. Like a, He should have had that. Statistically, he should have wiped her off the table. Was that the same, um, uh, was that the same Black Sun dice that did me on the Friday night? Yep, the exact same one. It's uh, It's got a reputation now. I've taken Johnny's Maw Crusher off twice with it. I took his Vermin Lord <laughs> off with it last uh, at the Howling. And then it was the exact same dice that made the save roll uh, to keep her alive. I promise you that was, uh, that, that, that was it against me as well. <laughs> that, that, that was a great increment getting taken off by the fucking dagger again, so there you go. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. But um, yeah, from that point on, I was able to just grind out the 
um, I was able to just grind out the, the, the plague monks and get over to his side of the table. I kept dangling the carrot on the stick. I didn't retreat Nefera. I just kept her there because I knew that he would want to finish her off and yeah. it let the dragons kind of get towards the back end of the table unscathed. Um, Nicely done. Nicely done. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a, quite an efficient win in the end. <laughs> Shouldn't have won that game. He should have had it. But that um, no, was good. It's always good getting to play Adam. He's an absolute legend. So I take it you all uh, just grabbed a bite to eat and then went home and went to yeah, bed. Yeah, just went to bed. Yeah. Early bed. <laughs> that's it. A quick just jog and then, uh, yeah. Up early, brisk walk up to the castle in Kendall uh, that before was the game, a bit of yoga and back to the games. <laughs> no, we, we all ended up downstairs um, and it was most of the kind of Scottish guys, wasn't it really? Kind of sitting on the table having a having a uh, bit of takeaway and a few drinks. Adam was behind the bar conducting as he as he normally does um, with a few others. But Andy uh, Andy Curry kind of took the lead and decided, right, we're going to play a game of Perudo. Oh, nice. So he uh, he he got that going, and and there was about what twenty of it, I don't know, fifteen of us maybe. Yeah, fifteen um, one point, yeah. 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 Mike had his his uh, his friend who lives in Kendall that was his pretty much his best man at his wedding. He 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 popped along, so he, he his eyes were opened to <laughs> I think at one point he says, Is this what all Warhammer tournaments are like? <laughs> <laughs> to which yeah, I think Mike's quite as geeky as people think when you, yeah. <laughs> you see that, <laughs> isn't that the I think Mike's Yeah, Mike's play was no, this this is this is specific to Agom. Um <laughs> Because at the same time, um, JP had been introduced to the the word you never say. Oh no! Was that him who got um? Who, yes. who was, uh Beneath yes. the chaps. Yes. Oh, and he, I'll, I'll be honest. Up. I'll be honest. He, he got off lightly. There wasn't many of the big lads there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> big Paul wasn't there for the evening, unfortunately. He oh. stuck his head in earlier on. Um, and the big Blood Bowl lads weren't there. But anyway, they did their best. The funniest was when he said, after the third one, I got it. He didn't fully understand what was happening until the third person jumped on him. He was like, all <laughs> oh, right, I understand now. <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, so, you, have to, you have to be there to understand it, folks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we advise you to go and get a ticket and go and see it for yourself. Buy a ticket, go downstairs, have some beers and you'll find out what it's all about. How far did you all get in one hand? Well, we didn't play it, actually, because we were oh. playing Brudo. Um One hand took over at the bar, and there was a crowd of maybe six or seven of them, and John and Mark uh, from from up north, they, they, they were in amongst them and some of the Kendall guys, and, and they were they were getting stuck in, and they were going crazy. They, 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 they were accelerating us. They, they were beating us in the drinking, to be honest. We were kind of... <laughs> we were almost tactically playing Prudo, but drinking at a steady state. They were they they were getting louder and louder. And poor old, <laughs> poor old young Luke. So this is what I was, this is what I was wanting to talk about. Young Luke, Luke Garside. So the young lad who's, I think as it turns out, he he just turned eighteen. Fair <laughs> lad. And he's been at many of the. He's been a few of the agoms that I've been to. So he's, he's been he's to been, a couple of northern invasions. Has he? Has yeah, he yeah, yeah, I recognise him. Yeah, so he's a, he's, a, he's a good lad. He's a local. Um, but he, he had this uh, he had this 
hear this, uh, what would you call it, forfeit thing that he was, because they were shouting, Spoon, Spoon. Yeah, gave us spoon. And I was like, why are they shouting Spoon at him? I don't quite get this. And then I realised it he had to wear a spoon at all times, like tucked in his sock. Um, <laughs> what? I don't, yeah, I, I, it gets I, don't, I don't understand why it came around. I've never quite got to the bottom of that. But if they catch him without a spoon and someone declares it, he gets like 30, I don't know, does he get 10 Five seconds? seconds. Five he's seconds. Got to, he's got to be able to produce the spoon at any one time <laughs> within five seconds or he has to do a forfeit. <laughs> so there was it people grabbing the spoon off him. And then he was like wrestling with them, trying to yeah. get the spin back. But he's basically wrestling. Oh. He's basically wrestling with men who are in yeah. their thirties, uh, who are bigger, taller, stronger than him, and able to hold the spoon off him. Uh, and then when when the inevitable five seconds expired, he was required to snort uh, some vodka. Shot of vodka. Yeah. <laughs> the he thing is, he's just he's just trying to earn his green shirt. That's all it is. Yeah, well, yes. You get. The green shirt when you've you've uh you've been indoctrinated or you've yeah. your ledger or whatever it is like they do in the American unis and uh yeah, yeah the poor lad will be working hard took, for it. He took it well and he was snorting away um and he was he was having fun. Um <laughs> so anyway, we were playing Peru, it was good fun. We, we we got around and it was it was a good laugh. Everyone kinda everyone kinda bonded over over the drinks that night and then um a few of us headed out later on. Uh, and that was my first experience of a night out in Kendall after my uh, at my fifth day gone. So delighted did to. Did you have. end up in bootleggers? We did. We did. <laughs> it's we terrible, did. isn't it? It's we so did. bad. <laughs> there was there was me and Andy and Sean who'd been out the night before. So me and Andy took it sensible on the Friday. So we're only half out. You know, this is this is the first night out. Sean and John and uh, Mark. Roberts had been out the night before. So they were out again the second night, along with, of course, Adam and Adam. And uh, Steve came out as well. And Luke and a few others as well that were there from the kind of English crowd. So it was uh, it was a good night. Bootleggers and then another place, which was like a pound to get into. So it was like, you know, obviously the shittest place you can go to at, at, <laughs> at 2 a.m. or something is a pound to get into. Uh but it served drink and it was funny. Adam was on absolute top, uh, you know, top It must form. have been good because there was no tweets. There was no <laughs> coverage of the There was nothing. There it's was just nothing. started feeding through three or four days later now. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing. I genuinely, and, I, and I've been, I've not, I've not been, I've only been to what, five gums, but that's the next morning. That was the worst I'd ever seen Adam Turner. He was, he was, he was properly half shut. He was. He looked. His eyes looked Chinese. You know what I mean? They were half. They were totally half shut. He was like. He was a wounded man. He threw up in the office, and then. yeah, and he ended up uh, flooding the downstairs from the shower. I was talking to <laughs> one of the other refs. It was like I have no idea how he managed to do it, but there's just water everywhere. <laughs> big, big, big water skin from below. I didn't know where that came yeah, from. That was Adam. So there you go. You don't have to drink, however. Not everybody gets drunk at an egg on, no. but it's part no. of the fun if you like that sort of thing. Absolutely. But I know that there's quite a few of the guys who go who don't... I mean, they might have a, a one or two beers, a bit of pizza, and then they retire. Um, but yeah, so for those that like it, there's that sort of social on offer. And those that that's, don't, you're not thought any less of. 
that's absolutely that, that that's the joy of Agom. It's it's so relaxed. It's you can do as little or as much as you want, and it's 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 a great event. I can't recommend it enough. So day two, feeling fresh as a daisy, you all rocked <laughs> up at uh, nine <laughs> ten o'clock because it opens at ten, and um, you come in for your day four. Um, I know nothing about day four because, as I say, there was no coverage. So what did you have then, Scott? What was your uh, so, first game on day two? So game four, and I've been I've been trying to work out what it was. Um, <laughs> it was bad. It was for the past. Was, for the past. I've got that written down here, and I was playing Sean McKechnie, who's one of the Scottish lads, one of the Aberdeen lads, um, and again, absolutely delighted because this was another kind of um, tick box for Egon was to play Sean because he'd brought the big, huge fucking dragon down. Uh, oh, the new corn dragon, wasn't it? Yep. Is it 20 wounds or something? What is it called? Oh, it's like 40 wounds or something. Isn't it? 30, 30 wounds. 30, 30 wounds. wounds. Yes. Vorgarath, uh, 1200 point dragon. Um, and I think we were Realm of Metal, I've written down yeah, here. Realm of, realm of Metal. Uh, the Realmscape was the one that made units within Citadel Woods or Sylvan F Woods oh, uh, yeah. minus one rend. That's uh, right. That's on right. their attacks to, minus, uh, to minimum zero. That's right. Obviously, so, I don't think there was a Sylvan F player there. No. Citadel Woods. So. <laughs> and there wasn't any Woods either, was there? So no. I, was, yep, I was delighted there was no Woods on the table. So one less thing to think about at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Um, and I was absolutely delighted to play Sean because uh, it was going to be a, a nice game, a nice calm game, a nice easy game. It was a big fucking dragon. Not, there, was, there was no real tactics in this game, you know. It was like a big dragon against me. Um, it was it was nice and, nice and easy on the mind. Um, so he had in his list, and I've just got it here. He had Scar Blood Blood Blood, blood, blood Wrath. Um, he had Vorgrath. Uh, so that's twelve hundred points there alone. He had a Slaughter Priest, and he said it's got Violent Urgency in the Brazen Rune. Whatever they do, I'm not sure. He had a Chaos Sorcerer Lord to give the buffs to Vorgrath in the end. Um, the reroll hits, or reroll ones, wasn't it or something? Um, just to make the dragon a bit more reliable. He had four tens of Blood Reavers and he had a unit of five Wrathmongers, which he kind of uses as a sort of um, wound pool or a kind of feasting pool for Vorgarath. Um, he, he, he kept the Wrathmongers, Vorgarath, um, the Slaughter Priest quite tight and put the, the Blood Reavers kind of out in their own little areas. Scar was obviously just going to be launched into me to try and do as much damage, die, and then reappear. Um, so we're playing Battle of the Past. This is obviously end-to-end this time um, with the four objectives. I, as usual, dumped 30 Plague Bitters on my base one. And by this point, I, I, I kind of figured out my list properly and realised, well, my offensive teeth is the Blight Kings and Rotagus. That's where I can do my damage. And the defensive side is the Lord of, um, Lord of Blights, the 30 Plague Bitters, the Great and Clean One and Festus. And if I keep them tight, Albeit one or two units of plague, uh, of plague bearers. That's my that's that's my brick. Um, so that's that was the kind of plan. I, I, I put both blight kings and Rotagus on my right side. I put plague bearers, great and clean one, Festus on the left side, and thirty plague bearers at the back. And that was the aim, just to kind of not try not give that up. Um, I got I got priority turn one, so I claimed the kind of five points early. Um, albeit just I didn't quite roll enough. I can't remember if I got the movement wheel or not, so I, 
I, I only had a cut like one or two models within six inches of the middle objectives to claim the five points. Um, when when Sean took his turn, he he actually reclaimed them pretty um, easily with his with his um, battle line units and the dragon the dragon surged up my right flank, going for Rotagus and the Blight Kings, um, and. Uh, Turns out it's, it's it's not bad in a fight that dragon. Um, it uh, the old uh, twenty inch breath weapon kind of took off one blight 20. king straight. Yeah, took off one blight king straight away. Pretty much kind of seasoned up the blight kings for the charge. Um, weakened the unit of five, charged in, and basically chewed them up in one round. Rotagus and the other five were were sort of next to it, and. Um, Basically, two turns in, he'd killed two Blight King units. He'd pretty much wounded Rotagus, and I, I tried to sort of run Rotagus around and at least try and get him into a unit that I could maybe claim some points for. Um, I think actually I did. I think I got ten reavers off him before Rotagus fell as well. Um, so the dragon was basically feasting away on ten Blight Kings and, and Rotagus. Um, but kind of, st- I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge model. It's 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 amazing. It's absolutely. It's stunning. I, I, there's no other word for it. Um, it's four hundred pound worth of resin there. You know, it's huge. The base is enormous. So, it's it's on one flank, and it the base it it can't move around freely, obviously, because it's so big. And you know, if my models were quite spread out from it, but you can easily tie it down because it can't move anywhere. You know. Um, yeah. So it, it 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 basically settled down after that and kind of stayed out that way. And actually, I cast shackles close to it, and it, that. For once in the tournament, shackles worked, and it kind of restricted the movement of the dragon, which probably helped me slightly. Um, albeit, I didn't, I didn't win the game. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, his uh, his reavers on the other side had claimed the objective in the middle, and I couldn't. He got a long charge with Scar into my unit of thirty, which was like, oh shit, that was a that was a stupid mistake. He's because um, obviously Scar Blood Wrath. Um, gets number of attacks based on units within three inches, I think. So he was generating something like twenty attacks, albeit at minus two to hit because I got the Lord of Blights buff off. Um, you know, so it didn't decimate me, but it held me up. That was a problem. It, it just held me up. So in my turn two, I only scored one point, my base objective. Um, so he got he got three turns of scoring five, which was almost well, it was game over straight away. That that, that was the big mistake. I, I couldn't get Scar killed. On my side, my left flank, quickly enough. Um, I didn't roll well enough. There's a chance I could have killed him. It just, you know, dice didn't happen. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain about dice. Um, it was just, just a silly hungover mistake. Um, but towards the end, you know, I kind of surged through the dragon. The dragon was stuck. The Wrathmongers never played any role in the game whatsoever. They, they were sitting tight to the dragon. And to be fair to Sean, he was, he was as hungover as I was. So he was, <laughs> it was, it was the best game to play on a Sunday morning because it was so relaxed it was it was perfect there was no stressful tactics involved or anything you know it was just here's a big dragon it's going to eat some stuff and I'm going to try and dodge it as much as I can um at, 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 the, at the very end I was kind of drinking coffee and pints of coke and realizing actually I can maybe have a chance at this without doing any particular maths in my head about how much um I could win but I the thirty plague bearers that were buffed up on my left, they they, they kind of um, boosted through and wiped out 
as much of the Reavers as they could and uh, eventually took his home home objective in turn five, which got me seven points um, in turn five. Everything but the, basically what the Dragon was sitting on. Um, but it wasn't enough in the end. He, he got the win. It was 2019 on uh, victory point, or what was it, tournament points for the for the mission. So he he got the major win on the mission. Um, albeit that I only lost Rotagus and the two units of Blight Kings to the um, to the dragon. And I'd only killed, I think, the four units of Reavers and Scar. So it was, an, again, a kind of sub-1,000 point kill game for me. Typical Nurgle in the end, to be honest. Um, but a loss in the end. But a lovely game. Good job. So what about yourself then, uh, Liam? How was your uh, hungover first game? I wasn't hungover. I was insensible. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I was playing Paul. Uh, obviously, Paul went to a Dordish Codis list. Uh, Paul was, I think, more hesitant going into this game against me than I was quite confident with the mission uh, going in. He was uh, thinking, obviously, of what he could do to get a game out of the game, uh, but he decided that he just wanted to play for kill a unit, and then that was the game. Uh, so I took turn one, moved my stuff up, failed all my spells turn one, so I failed Cogs and Van Hell's turn one, uh, which seems actually to be a quite a common thing for me to fail the spells turn one. Uh, moving on, I just uh, put my Grim Gas in the ground in this mission, so I moved everything up, threw the dragon over it. We're playing on the board, which had probably the most worst scenery to move units around on. It was like massive pieces of like, I don't know if they were supposed to be for like large fish tanks. I'm guessing that's what they were for, but they were huge. Oh, was that the, the, at the bottom? The boats, yeah. Yeah, it was like giant boats, giant. It was huge. That that was definitely new. Yeah, that was. But they were just they were they were unplayable almost. Uh, definitely for my uh, like I think JP and Riaf played on that table after us, and again they have like easily 200 models between them on the board. That would have been a lot of. Uh, moving about and that which would have got mm. irritating and it does slow you down you lost you i lost about three inches on my movement uh on the black knights so that's all i did was put lord of blones on the black knights uh then charge them up move them up uh six inches away and then flew the dragon onto two of my grave sites and the obviously one side objective moved the skeletons and that onto the objective as well in the middle so i got five points turn one uh try to charge the uh, Grim Gassin failed on the nine. Uh, spent one command point for the reroll, failed it again on the nine. Charged the Black Knights, got in, killed the unit internal guard for 70 points, and that was it. But uh, his attacks back on my Black Knights between three units of Dragon Princes and a unit internal guard, he only killed two. Uh, that was all he killed. Uh, his turn one, he moved everything, just retrieved everything out of combat. Uh, that was in combat with that unit of Black Knights out, charged the three dragons in, wiped the unit uh, with the three dragons uh, just on their attacks alone. Uh, he then rolled off for turn two. Uh, I got it. So then I just, he got obviously his one point on turn one. Turn two, I got it. So I then literally do what I do and then spent at one command point, bringing back the 15 Black Knights, got cogs off. Got Van Hells on the Grim Gas off. Grim Gas moved up into the free dragon. So I got the my dragon, 
uh, my Grimgas and the Black Knights into his three dragons, and the and the dragon was also pulling in uh, a unit of uh, print uh, dragon princes. So the uh, the Grimgas attacked this dragon, the one that I could hit because he had doppelganger cloak, quicksilver potion, and what was the third one? Renfrey was it, Nathan? Renfrey blade on one of his dragons. Yeah. Yeah. So I could uh, use the Grim Gas and I just wiped out the green one, which was his Quicksilver Potion after two rounds of fighting it. His, uh, he then went with, so he went with his Quicksilver Potion first and hit and then didn't kill anything against the Grim Gas, killed like four, which didn't affect the combat. Uh, Grim Gas went in, they attacked the Green Dragon, took it down to half wounds. They attacked again, took it down to half wounds again. He then obviously... Uh, use these dragon princes as a waste, obviously, to force a doppelganger cloak out. I then attacked my grave guard that I charged into his eternal guard at the other side, uh, wiped out six of them. Uh, then I he cha- he attacked with his doppelganger cloak, wiping out like all the black knights. Like he literally just wiped them out again. They just, just got a clean sweep and they were gone. Uh, to that combat again between that and the other dragon hitting the weak, the wounded dragon. Then my dragon obviously just spent his last turn hitting his other dragon. So he only had one dragon left at the end of that turn. Uh, but I was able to get the nine points, which obviously put me up to 14-1. Uh, he then got the turn. He obviously had his turn. He retreated out of combat again. But he then obviously... Uh, his plan was obviously get the double turn. He killed, moved everything out and retreated out of combat again. Attacked all my weaker stuff, so my skeletons and that and my, that were on my objectives, took them off. And then obviously got the eight for his turn too. And then we rolled for the turn and he got the turn, which then he uh, he obviously went for killing the stuff that was... So he went for like, a, well, what can I kill? And I was like, okay, we can kill the White King or you can kill uh, the Necromancer and the Graveguard that, that are worth points. So he killed those, and then uh, my dragon was still obviously fully wounded. Even if he attacked my dragon, because of the way the doppelganger cloak would work, he would never get to hit the dragon before I've hit either something else he's charging, because his dragon averagely won't kill me, even if he attacks me, uh, after my doppelganger cloak's kicked off. So I would have obviously got to kill either a dragon blade unit that would have went into combat with him, uh, or vice versa. Uh, so then he uh, literally, we called, he called it at that point, he didn't want, uh, just want to call it there. Uh, and I got all the kill points except uh, the dragon that I, the doppelganger that would have took me a lot of, uh, it took me another three turns to kill it, but I wouldn't have got it just by the order of attacks. And that was game. You, Nathan? Okay. Uh, yeah, so I got to play JP the bitch. With his uh, Legion of Sacraments. Um, so on the Saturday night, I was sitting next to JP when we were playing Perudo. And uh, he basically became the, the sort of commentator. He was the first one to lose all his dice and just sat there, just uh, name calling everyone. So um, I was playing against him. He's got uh, two units of 30, Grim Gast Reapers, Arcan. Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon with Doppelganger Cloak and uh, a couple of little battle line units, things like 10 Grim Ghasts and two units of five Direwolves. Um, 
I went into that game knowing that I was going to have a really hard time. Uh, I've got 24 models and he had 84. And we're playing on a, a mission where models score the objectives and I don't really know if there's any way for my army to get through Grim Gas Reapers. So my army deals multiple damage with a low volume of attacks and high rend. And he just shrugs it all off. And I decided at the very start of the game I was just going to go for it though. I was uh, going to try and play for the angles. So I just took turn one, charged everything right up the middle, blocking off uh, three of his four gravesites. I put all four of my gravesites on the back edge of the table in order to deny it from him. And uh, just started trying to chew through the Grimgasts. He was really lucky with a lot of his saves. At one point I got four of four d6 bites through ready to roll 4d6 damage and he just made four four up armor saves and just stopped them all like that with the grim gas reapers so um it just became a bit of a, a slog but uh, the reason he's a bitch is <laughs> he retreated his uh, zombie dragon over the battle lines um to fight five of my direwolves uh, it was still within Neferata's minus uh, one to hit bubble, and at that point she had stacked it twice, so she was minus two to hit in a 15-inch bubble. And he charged in to the, the five direwolves and only killed one, and that was on one of the objectives that scored two points. So we were both five for five at the start. And uh, in his turn three, he was able to secure enough bodies to take that objective away from me with his five direwolves, so he retreated his uh, zombie dragon from five direwolves, or at that point four direwolves, he was too scared of them, and decided to, to go over to fight against uh, the dogs that I'd left on my home objective, worth four points. So I was uh, giving him it tight for retreating, and he was like, right, okay, fair enough, I'll take a bitch wound then, and uh, took a wound on his dragon. So I just, so his, his dragon had uh, become wounded because he'd been such a bitch. So I decided to send the Bloodseeker Palanquin against him. <laughs> so the Bloodseeker Palanquin and the zombie dragon are fighting. And uh, it was getting to the point where I think his zombie dragon only had like three wounds left. And it was getting close to me being able to kill his zombie dragon and be able to take control of the game again in regards to the points. He had never been able to score the four. We were just going back five points, three points, three points, five points, and the score sheet was looking quite close. Uh, but it wasn't to be, and he was able to take the, the Bloodseeker Palanquin off and get that four points on my home objective, so I just shook his hand. All the rest of my army was uh, still fighting the same 60 Grim Gas Reapers that they had been at the very start of the game. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a very engaging game with regards to what was happening on the table. But me and JP were having a, an absolute ball, just uh, slagging each other off and <laughs> being outrageous with dice. I asked him when we went for lunch what what he would have done if I killed the zombie dragon on exact wounds when he'd allocated an extra wound on it for being a bitch. And uh, he said, well, you can't take back a bitch wound because that would be at least D6 bitch wounds. So it's not... <laughs> <laughs> but no, he was, uh, he was an absolute legend in the game. And th at that point, that was me having four very interesting games 
which is the most I've had in a while at a tournament. Um, I've not had as much fun at a tournament up till this point. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was a pleasure to finally play JP. Good stuff. So going into the last one then, um, uh, Scott, where were you and what was the uh, what was the mission first of all? I suppose. Um, now. What was, what was the mission here? I've actually written this, this one down. This was... Uh, Better Part of Valor. Better, oh, of course really? it was. Yeah. Of course it was. Oh. So we'll talk about this uh, in terms of other people shortly. But um, I ended up playing another Nurgle off. Uh, oh, well, that's not, that's not true. It was a Nurgle army, but not, not a Nurgle allegiance. Um, this was Craig Worsley, who's one another one of the Kendall guys. So, oh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I hadn't played him before, so this was great. This was my fifth new opponent, so that's great. Perfect. Big tick there. Um, and his list was a little bit different. Um, let me just bring up here. He had um, he had Blob Rotspond, which was the Magoth Lord, uh, the wizard one that's got the kind of spew attack. He's got, and I've not played against that yet. He's got Epidemius. I've not played against that yet. He had 20 Plague Bearers, one Beast of Nurgle. I've not played against a new Beast of Nurgle yet. Um, he had, oh, here we go, 10, 10, 5, 5 Chaos Warriors of Nurgle as his battle line. He had two fives of Chaos Knights. He had a Chaos War Shrine of Nurgle. And all that was, or most of that was contained within Plague Touch Warband. Now, looking at his... Uh, is 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 uh, army list? It was written down on the kind of official Warhammer uh, army roster sheet, and I noticed that at the top he had the Nurgle scored out, and it was written as Chaos Allegiance. Um, now, by this point, I wasn't really caring, but turns out I think his list was initially a Nurgle plague touched list that was illegal, given the new FAQ and all the rules around plague touched. So that was fine. Um, we set up. He's, uh, I think, I think I, I out, he he outdropped me. Or I, I, anyway, it didn't really matter that much. Better part of valor. Um, I was being defensive. Nurgle. I had my uh, thirty plague bearers on one side, thirty plague bearers on uh, the middle, and the right side was my attacking side. So as I said before, Rotagus and the two plague kings are the kind of attacking force. Um, Actually, he went first in this, and he he kind of did his little alpha, Nurgle alpha, where he, he fired his knights via the tree in the middle, straight through to the middle of my uh, middle of my army. So his, his his five knights, his five knights, and Bloab kind of came in hard. So it's not a it's, it's not it's not a kind of top tier aggressive, uh, dangerous list, but at the same time, I'm thinking I'm not sure what could happen here. To be honest, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not playing against this a lot, so we'll see what happens. Um, so before the game, uh, he'd said, uh, and I, to be fair, I, I didn't check this out completely. He said, um, so we've got we've got one Nurgle wheel that'll affect us both, um, and Epidemius, he'll affect us both. And I was like, okay, well, fair enough. This this will be a this will be an absolutely mad game. We're gonna turn one's gonna last about an hour, and let's be honest, we'll not get five turns in here. Um, here we go. here comes the slagging from Nathan and Liam, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of stuff. You didn't get five turns in. What? <laughs> well, actually, we didn't need to. But anyway, we'll come to that. Um, so the agreement 
you know, I, I didn't check the scrolls beforehand, and then there's your lesson. Check check the scrolls. As, as it turned out, it, I don't think it changed anything, but the bottom line is we played it a little bit wrong. Um, basically, we played it that we're both getting the effect of the wheel, and we're both getting the effect of Epidemius, which in both cases is wrong. He's Chaos Allegiance. He shouldn't get the wheel. I'm the enemy. I don't get his Epidemius benefits, which... Um, Probably balanced out to be fair in the end, and it didn't didn't really affect anything, um, given that we're playing in what well, we've not said the realm yet. We're in realm of Shaish, so realm of death, and we're playing. Uh, I think it was Eternal War plus one bravery. Eternal War, yeah, plus one bravery. Yeah. So the plus one bravery is well, it's quite good for me. I'm mostly demons. It was it Eternal War? It was every piece of uh, oh, sorry, sinister. sinister in addition. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it was the opposite. That was minus one. Yeah, minus yeah. one memory. That's fine. Um, okay, so that's fine. The big thing is the realm of Shays is I, I I absolutely love realm of death because it's got the minus one to hit spell. Um, so that gives me extra access to more minus one to hit plus ethereal. That's the kind of go to spells that I'm looking at straight away. Um, so he 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 came straight into me. He, he fired his knights towards my middle objective. Um, got clogged up in thirty plague bearers. And the Great and Clean One and Lord of Blights, blah blah blah. Meanwhile, I'm pushing Rotigus and the Blight Kings up the right towards his Plague Bearers and his Beast and his Epidemius kind of side, the sort of demonic side. Uh, and his his warriors, his other warriors are kind of creeping down the right, his right towards my left, where my other thirty Plague Bearers are. Both of which, by this point, I'd kind of hit Peak Nurgle, um, the Wither Stave, which. I'm now a convert to thanks to Nathan and Nathan and Liam. Um, both my thirty plague bearers were sitting in the minus um, one to hit range. Lord of Blights was again in the midst of that as well, so he, he could chuck his extra minus one out there um, to hit, and the Great and Cleveland could chuck his plus one attack out depending on where I needed to, to try and do some more damage. So this was kind of the story of the game. <laughs> my forces didn't move a great amount at the start. He came in. I was chucking Rotigus's mortal wounds into the knights that were attacking me, into the Bloab, um, etc., etc., into the knights, albeit they've got a mortal wound save. Um, it got crazy because we're playing the wheel on both sides. You know, I was flicking onto my onto plus one to wound pretty quickly. Um, he was, I think, Epidemius. Obviously, it's multiples of seven. I think it was the first one is like plus one to wound or reroll ones to wound. So we're both playing reroll ones to wound. So his stuff's coming to me. It's like minus two to hit, reroll sixes to hit, reroll ones to wound. Um, so yeah, the dice are taking over. It's taking a long time to get through turn one, but eventually I'm realizing that actually I'm, I'm I'm grinding this down. He's 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 not gonna he's not gonna take this out. I wasn't sure about the knights. I wasn't sure. Blowab, I'm pretty sure, you know, he's, he's not a top tier piece. Uh, I wasn't worried about him. The knights and the warriors, I was a little bit worried about being Nargo. I thought, can he grind me out or can I outgrind him? As it turns out, I can outgrind him um, by by stacking the minus one to hit onto one unit with the minus one to hit spell for, for, for at least two turns, I think, because. It happened to you know to cross over him getting a double turn pretty much. It was minus three to hit in combat from a thirty plague bearer, so he was doing nothing, absolutely nothing to them. Minus three to hit, reroll sixes, you know nothing's getting through. Um, I then kind of switched, 
flanks to the other side of plague bearers and you know i was chucking plus one attack onto them and maybe putting minus two onto both units so it was just like peak nurgle um and i <laughs> long story short i lost zero victory points basically um this was better part of valor so it's all about burning the, the objectives i i sat on mine for three turns i got the priority into turn four by which point i'd weakened his demonic flank with the beast <coughs> and epic uh, enough that rotagus <laughs> rotagus ran up and a great and clean one ran up the flank and scored his objective and just burned it so that was basically the end of the game um turn four me burning my three and and his one he hadn't killed anything and i was basically whittling down his um, his units. I'd killed Bloab, I'd killed 20 Plaguebearers, the Beast, and I'd killed the Knights. So I was sitting on 920 VP um, at that point, and we just we, we shook hands there after a lot of dice and a lot of laughing at a good crazy Nurgle v Nurgle with the wheel that probably shouldn't have been as crazy it was, but it was it was a good laugh, a, a great end to the tournament. And where did you finish in the end? Um, so that was me winning game one. And and game five, which is I don't think that's ever happened to me before. To be honest, that's a, that's a strange turnout for me. Um, so two wins that put me unfortunately it put me down twenty third. Um, my strength of schedule obviously wasn't that strong. I played a lot of guys that were down below, and I I definitely didn't score a lot of VPs. Um, I didn't score more than a thousand in any game. Um, I didn't give up that much to be honest. You know, it's classic. My my list is not a. It's not a list that gives up or scores a lot of points. Um, and yeah, there we go. I finished 23rd. So kind of kind of classic me, lower, middle, third. Top of the, yeah. top of the bottom third. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Uh, what about yourself, Liam? Uh, I was playing Lee Martin, uh, who was the only other person on four wins at the time. Uh, it was Bear Valor, which... I was rubbing my hands at it's a mission I can do quite well as long as uh, not everything uh, fails. And unfortunately, uh, pretty much everything that I needed to go off turn one didn't go. Uh, so I just deployed for the alpha. I put unit of 30 grim gas in the ground. I put the dragon on the line, put the 15 black knights on the line with the white king behind them. Uh, tried my spells, tried cogs, a lot of four, so I failed it. Try, I got Van Hals off on the Knights, uh, so I then, at that point, I was like, okay, so I'm going to need to gonna need to roll the 9 uh, for the charge for the Grims. So move up the Black Knights up there, 7 plus 12-inch move, so moving up 19, so I'm just 6 away uh, again. So they're kind of in the middle of the 2. So he deploy, he has uh, a Malicized General, he's Hagnar with... Uh, Daughters of Cain, Marathi, Freeze, Hags on Foot, and then a unit of 30 with paired knives, unit of 30, which also paired knives, unit of 20, Blood Sisters, and then two units of five Heart Renders. He, then he just deployed, like, split his army, two units of uh, 30 witches on each side with a Kahag, then the middle, you had the 20 Sisters, Marathi, the Melisai, and uh, Hag. Uh, so I chucked the dragon, uh, charged, uh, brought the Grimgas up uh, on the right side where there was just the uh, the unit of 30 witch elves and a hag, nine away. 
Roll the charge. Roll a uh, roll a six. Spent the command point for the reroll. Rolled a rolled a seven. And I was like, at that point in there, in my head, I was like, I need to be lucky now to. I need to get the turn to obviously cap that objective. I then charged the dragon in. Then I charged the black knights. Charged the black knights. Got high enough that I could hit the blood the blood sisters and. The unit of 30 witch elves. Nine of the black knights took off 27 witch elves on the charge. Uh, and then he went, he killed two uh, two of the black knights with these blood sisters attacking. I then obviously get a pile and attack again. So I killed the last of the three witches and then killed. So I killed, I think, six altogether of his blood sisters. Uh, that was between that, sorry, and the dragon shooting. So I killed two of the dragons shooting. It got a six and he saved two saves. Uh, so he had lost uh, six at that point altogether. Then I went with the dragon. Dragon attacked and killed... Uh, I think I killed five, four or five of the uh, Blood Sisters. And then Battle Shocked, he lost them and they were down to five. So I killed 15 of them, technically, as well, turn one. Uh, so I burned the far objective, and then I burned all mine. So I burned four. Uh, so I was literally... He either has to hold his for two turns, or if I got the turn, I'd be able to take it from him. He takes his turn one. His unit of 30, which I, was, that was, I didn't get the charge, went in, killed. Uh, after Battle Shock, I only had uh, 30, uh, nine... Uh, Grimgast left. Then Grimgast left after they attacked. Marathi powered herself up, charged the dragon. That he had enough units in combat with the dragon, he was going to get hit. He took off. The renders came down and attacked uh, the dragon as well. So the dragon lost like five, four wounds to shooting there. And then at the end of that turn, it was literally whoever got the priority obviously would win because obviously I'd be able to get my. Uh, Black Knights to pull up and obviously grab that middle objective from him. Uh, I then obviously charged, uh, rolled, he got the five to my two, so then uh, he won and uh, we played that turn and that was it, because uh, the Black Marathi just went on an absolute killing streak. The dragon was sitting with three wins left, the, harp the Harpies attacked him again and uh, killed him. Marathi was then free to charge, she needed 11 to charge a chart. She got the 11, she had all the buffs on her in the world, so she had Ethereal Guide to give her a plus one a hit. She had Catechism, which on a six to hit, she'll get an extra hit. And then she had Witch Brew on her as well, so she charged the... Uh, she got the 11 charge on the Black Knights and wiped the black, the 15 Black Knights, uh, the uh, 11 Black Knights I had left. And then obviously the Grims were dead to the Witch Elves that were still in combat with them at the time. And that was game. I'd lost, uh, obviously losing my general. I had no actual fighting units left uh, at that point. I was obviously playing for the alpha uh, to win the game. Uh, it's just the way the mission is. It forces you to go for it. I could have probably sat back or put, kept one objective in hindsight, but obviously I was expecting everything not to work uh, that I needed to. So my mistake there. And uh, we just called there. I gave him the points for my army, and uh, that was it. I just, as a respect of uh, Daughters of Cain, just it's insane how you can wipe out 
like well, thirty witch elves and fifteen blood sisters in a turn in a turn, and they can still come back fighting and still uh, do it. Because even if I didn't stop the game there to not let him uh, to just give him the couple points, he would have still tabled me by the end of the game, just because of how strong they are. Uh, would you say? Yeah, is it the same list he had at the Howling then? It's slightly altered. He's got an extra hag now. Uh, four uh, hags. He's got three hags now. Oh, he had three. He had three at the Howling as well. Maybe he's got four. Maybe it is four. Uh, uh, I think it's three. Yeah, I think he had three Marathi plus the Malu- the Medusa. No, he had one. the slot. Uh, maybe it is at the yeah. I sorry. The last time I played him was Northern Invasion, where he had the Slaughter Queen on foot. Ah, he right. Two no. unit of witches. Uh, so that's all gone, and the extra hag is there now. Yeah. Yeah, it's because right. I think that happened the same as you. Did it? You were able to wipe a unit out. Yeah. Turn one, and that's like as you would say, that's a quarter of his output gone, but his army is able to still come back so strong after it, and it it just kind of shrugs it off. Which. Yeah, and once the buffs go up and they become immune to battle shock and stuff, it's it's pretty hard to to grind them then. So yeah, it's a. Tough, tough list. I don't think anybody questions that daughters are in a good place at the minute. So yeah, well done. So that was four, four majors and four majors four. and a loss. Uh, oh. But he burned on his turn two. He burned the two objectives and went for the minor because that's all he. Again, I'm, I wins a win. So yeah. he knew, he knew he'd win on kill points then anyway because he killed my dragon and my uh, Grimgasts, which is like obviously uh, eight hundred points. And mm-hmm. I hadn't. I'd only killed two seventy at that point because I'd only killed the unit of witches. Mm-hmm. What about you then, Nathan? Um, well, I was playing Ed Prim, uh, oh, one yeah. of the Northern uh, war- Warlord regulars. He's uh, warriors, a lot of guns. Warriors, warriors, not yeah, warlords. Uh, not warlords. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he was uh, an absolute gent to play. Uh, he was playing Iron Jaws, which I love to play against. I regularly play against them. So and I used to play them myself, so I know them I know them fairly well or so I thought. Um so it, it was quite interesting because this mission would be one that I can normally win turn one, but I was playing against someone that outdropped me. He was only two drops. So he had unit Gore Granters, uh three units of five brutes, a unit of ten Ard Boys, uh Mega Boss on Mockrusher a uh, war chanter, weird knob shaman, a grot shaman, and then he had it all inside two formations. He had the iron fist and the iron suns. So he was uh, he was two drops. Um, the iron suns is the one I used to play. So it's the one drop that you roll a dice and on a three plus you're minus one to hit in the first turn, which is awesome when it goes off. Um, and it gives your Mega Boss on Maw Crusher plus one wound and plus one attack with one of its melee weapons. That counts it as killing something, doesn't it, or something? Yeah. Uh, whenever, whenever a Maw Crusher kills a hero, uh, whatever melee weapon wielded by the Mega Boss that kills the, the hero, you gain plus one attack on it, and you gain a wound to your wounds characteristic. So it essentially means that he's already slain a hero. Uh, but I, I loved the formation. I used to play it myself, and I think that it's still one of the more decent choices that you can make with Iron Jazz. 
But the fact that he was able to go first uh, kind of made me have to deploy kind of weird with uh, on this mission. Um, ended up putting two dragons on one objective, Nephra and zombies on another, with the Bloodseeker Palanquin kind of set back, almost like kind of funneling him in if he was to go for the, the Bloodseeker Palanquin or Nephra, so that I could just kind of surround him. And then I put a unit of five zombie dragons on another objective, like kind of six inches back. Uh, we also deployed wrong. We deployed 12 inches in instead of 15. It wouldn't have made a massive difference. If anything, it would have uh, made it a bit easier for me. But um, this is the first of five games that I was able to actually use the Orb of Enchantment. So <laughs> I took Orb of Enchantment thinking I'm going to play against Marathi three games in a row. I'm going to need something to deal with it, and uh, it never happened. But he taught me something with Iron Jaws. In Iron Jaws, uh, if you roll a 6 up with a hero or a 4 plus with your mega boss, you get to make uh, a move. I had no idea that it was a normal move, because in the last handbook it was 6 inches it used to move. But it is now it says you make a normal move which means if he rolls that 6-plus or 4-plus, he can move his Mega Boss on Maw Crusher 12 inches. That's awesome. That's fucking yeah. awesome. It's amazing. Or 12 or 14, I think it's 12. Yeah, so I think he didn't even use the full move, but he made a 6-up with his War Chanter and moved his Mega Boss on Maw Crusher 12 inches. And he then made the 4-plus with the General, as his, his, uh, his, me- his Mega Boss on Maw Crusher, as the General. So he could have moved another 12 inches. Really? And then he would, yeah, what? As long as he's more than 12 inches away from an enemy, he can make a normal move of 12 inches. So he could move 12, then he could move 12 again, and then in his movement phase he could move another 12. I didn't realize it was 3. Yeah, well he didn't, he didn't have to, because after the first one he was already 12 away from me, yeah, so he was yeah, just able yeah. to make the normal move. But um, yeah, he had the potential to move 36 inches before having to declare a charge. And I didn't know that that's how it was worded, so I've Jesus. already been making a few Iron Jaws lists because I think that there's definitely some lists there with double Maw Crusher and some Gorgonauts. Oh, you'll catch people out with that, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But um, he had the opportunity to charge Doppelganger Cloak or the Orb of Enchantment with his Maw Crusher. So... He took the lesser of two evils and took the Orb of Enchantment out, which meant I had to use it um, because it's an activated ability rather than if he'd charged the Doppelganger Cloak, he wouldn't have done anything. He would have just done his Mortal Wounds and then the Doppelganger Cloak would have activated and he only had the one unit in combat. Mm. Um, But because he had that minus one to hit from the Iron Suns, I wasn't actually able to kill his Maw Crusher until turn two. Um, he made a mistake in his turn one as well. He meant to burn two of his objectives and hold on to one, but he forgot to burn them. And uh, he didn't ask to take it back or anything. He was just, he says, I, I should have, pro-. it was in well into my turn, he said that he should have done it. Um, but I was able to send one zombie dragon over to one of his objectives, uh, burned one of the objectives on my side that he was gunning for with his Gorgrunters, and held on to the, the other two in my deployment. Killed 10 Ard Boys on his right-hand objective and burned that, so I was 2-0 up, turn 1. Uh, and then just ground out his Maw Crusher, um, 
and was able to push across the table with the minus two to hit bubble and he didn't really have any threat left at that point and we'd worked out that by turn three I would have been able to to burn whatever objectives were left in order to score more points than him. We decided to just call it there. Um, I think it was a bit of a learning opportunity for him with the doppelganger cloak and the orb of enchantment. I explained it to him at the start. He then said to me before he charged, I'm going to ask you a question. Based on your answer, it will determine whether or not you get a sports vote. <laughs> Who should I go for? Right? And I was like, right, okay, and explained it to him again. Then he made his charge move, and then I felt as if I had to explain it to him again. I don't think he'd fully understood it. And it is one of those things that unless you've come across it before or you've yeah, had experience playing with it, and I let oh, him change his absolutely. mind on who he was going with because it wasn't until he was actually seeing what was going to happen that he fully appreciated how it worked. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a fairly easy game five mission-wise. But God, that mock rusher caught me off guard. That could have done all kinds of damage. So if um, if, if he'd have burned his two game one, uh, sorry, turn one, would that have changed it? it? No. If he'd burned no. those two, he would have been <clears throat> two nil up. I would have then burned one of mine to go two one, and because I was winning the combats, I would have been able to hold on to my two while systematically pushing towards his. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if he'd burned his in advance of me getting there. I would have been able yeah. to hold on to my two and score eight there wouldn't have, on each of them, and I would have ultimately won. Yeah, uh, it was just uh, it was an unfortunate for him that the only thing he could get across the table was the mock rusher and <laughs> suicidal mock. Oh rusher. god, it went so fast that <laughs> the only thing he could do would be to fight something that he couldn't fight, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a great game. It, it was great to 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 get to meet him he's uh, I got a chance to catch up with him after the games and he's talking about coming up to a few events in Sterling he's got yeah. his acts on uh, Masters next year he's even talking about wanting to help out with Six Nations and oh, good, he was good, even talking good. about coaching stuff like that like he, he's really wanting to get on board with it all so Excellent. I look forward to seeing him when he comes up he's a good lad Ed I've, I've played him twice at Aegon before um, yeah. and he's, he's he's a really good lad so delighted delighted that he's uh, he's saying that that's great but no uh, end of my Egom I won games 1, 3 and 5 so I was 3-2 and finished in ninth place which is the same place I finished in the last 3 Egoms so I always finished ninth. I can't seem to break the, the you, found your, you found your place I found my place in upper mid table obscurity and, and yourself <laughs> Yourself, Liam, you, you brought some some uh, silverware home? Uh, I was best death, and I was second place. Always the uh, prize weight. Oh, uh, good showing, though. <laughs> and, you look great and, and yourself, Scott, you uh, you didn't come home empty-handed either, did you? Um, no, some I came to overall. Some people enjoyed them, did they? Someone what? enjoyed playing you. What are you saying? I'm saying people enjoyed actually playing you. <laughs> Turns out people enjoy beating you. So um yeah. <laughs> I, I, I took the Stu West Award home for uh for best sports stuff. Um, which was which was totally unexpected and, and very very gratefully received. It's because you're a yeah. podcaster now. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> I didn't get best painted now, come on now, can't Next I? Next we'll be winning painting awards, that's it. I know. <laughs> 
So, so having played uh, an event that's straight out of the book and is open to all the randomness, I'll maybe just ask you in the same order what your thoughts are, what you took away, what you witnessed. Initial thoughts, because obviously we've all said we're going to wait and we're going to stick with what GW said and we're going to we're going to play the game as they want it to be played. But what about yourself, Scott? What were your um, what was your experience, your overall thoughts about it? And um, I don't know, straight out the book, is it is it the way to go? Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I didn't have a negative experience at Agom um, and that's probably because it's Agom. And it's such a positive place to to play. Um, but looking at the games on their own, looking at the missions, looking at the um, the realmscapes and stuff like that, it's I, okay. I didn't play Beasts properly, so I can't. I still can't comment on that. I've not, I've not played it, so I, you know, I'll bow to Liam's. Uh, sorry, yeah, Nathan's judgment on that. Um, I'm still not sure about it myself. Um, we can talk about Masters. We can talk about Tempest coming up. With respect to that, I'll, I'll 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 maybe talk about that at the end of my little spiel here. Um, out of the book, I I'm still quite glass half full. I'm, I'll I'll maybe give it a chance. I I know I know that Face Hammer and even the Heat Final that it kind of pre-prescribed realms and realmscapes. Um, maybe they rolled them. Maybe they didn't. Who knows? I suspect they didn't. I suspect they picked them, but Aegon, we know it was pure random. Um, I I think it was okay. Um, I'm I'm still quite positive. Uh, I'm still quite positive about the missions. Orb, we didn't play. Um, we played at Howling. It was okay. We played Valor here. It was okay for me. I know people have had bad experiences with Mike had a particularly bad experience versus Paul playing it. Is it to do with lists? Is it to do with missions? You know, my list can cope fine with it. So there you go. Um, everyone's got their own opinion on it. Um, I think it's okay. Go, so going forward, and we've talked about Masters briefly, Masters is going to be purely random uh, missions. Everything's in play, Orb's in play, Valor's in play. We did have a little bit of... Uh, <laughs> we, we had some votes cast on this, uh, you know, talked to the top 16 at the time, and by majority they voted f- to play randomly. Every realm, every mission. Um, the Beast is out. Beast is out. That was a kind of second vote. Once the top 16 got topped up, we held another vote. Beasts, Beasts was voted out, and that's that's true. So that's fine. I'm going to play with that. Um we we did have initially the mission the, the 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 idea that masters initially was to play in five pools so each game would be one of the five pools and you try and put the missions in little groups together so duality would be the like same hero pool. mission like you say hero yeah. missions yeah uh, four objectives turn three can win uh, taking hold knife to the heart yeah and, so, uh, exactly burning so were, sort of so, thing. So, yeah, exactly. Objectives. Yeah. So, so, they, so, so it was grouped together. So, so the, the idea was the master would be the master of the broadest scope of objectives based on the five. Games. But the, the the collective didn't vote for that. They voted for pure random. So it's going to be like Agom in that sense, um, and that's fine. What I will say is, spoiler alert, 
that'll be what's happening. It's Tempest. We're going to have five pools at Tempest. So, whereas previous Tempests, and I'm digressing here, sorry, Stu. Previous, right? No, go for it. Previous Tempests have been all about the realms, and we've had Realm of Fire, Realm of uh, Death, Realm of Shadow. That's the three so far. Now that GW have kind of, uh, you know, copied me and decided to take up the realms, <laughs> um, then, to be honest, I think it's fair that we play all the realms. Um, so Tempest is going to be the most vanilla that it's ever been, and it's going to be um, pools-based now. So I'm, I, I'm yet to finalise the pools. Mike, to be honest, drew up the pools prior to him accepting and realizing he could make masters. So I'm going to have another look at the pools and see if I think it's the five best distributed sets of missions. Um, but that's what Tempest is going to be. So there we go. That's a little bit, that's a slightly different angle to look at things. I'm still not sure about beasts. Um, I'm honestly 50, 50. Um, so I'm going to take a week or two to think about that, whether we put that in the Tempest pack or not. And I'm still not sure about, predetermining realmscapes or rolling them on the day so masters is going to be rolled on the day Every, no one's going to know what you're playing until you know like Aegon 10 minutes before like five, ten minutes before your game yeah exactly exactly you're going to know your lists beforehand right that's going to be released we're going to talk about it on here beforehand so everyone's be prepared for knowing what your 16 opponents are going to be playing but you won't know what your missions you're playing until you rock up at the table so that makes it as masters as you can get Tempest will be a little bit different flavor. Um, it's a different vibe. You know, it's we're looking to well, we've sold out forty six tickets now, so it we're maxed out capacity. So I want to make it as open to all as possible, but also I still want to maintain the competitive edge because you know going forward we're looking at we're looking at rankings, we're looking at six nations, we're looking at everything. So I want to make it the best of every world possible, um, whether that's possible or not remains to be seen and we'll you know we'll work towards it um you know the rankings this year has been a reasonable success year one but we're going to change it going forward you know we're not perfect we admit that but we'll we we shall we shall we shall iterate we shall improve um so yeah there's my views <laughs> no good stuff we shall evolve yeah liam yourself out of the box again i didn't get I wasn't truly affected by it. Uh, the issues that people had more in better part of Valor, I think, were fixable uh, at the light list writing stage or how you deployed more than uh, than just your opponent walking across the board and taking off. Uh, I think if you want to... The Beast is too strong. Like, if Beast was at masters as if it wasn't voted out like i says to nathan that why wouldn't you just be looking to go buy two thunder tusks yeah i'm low drops i've got a four drop army i'm beating most that will be there i don't, I don't think it'll be any one drop armies i would doubt it maybe our two or threes maybe two or threes but there won't be a one drop army there and i would be able to just pick what is strongest in their list against me and go that's gone like generals and hagnar and uh Necromancers, well, they're a bit harder to kill, but just any little six wound heroes. Stormcast example, you could just take out the castlet and uh, a relictor turn one, and all of a sudden they've lost two of their buffs. 
that they kind of rely on for their army to do their thing. Yeah. Okay, what about yourself, Nathan? I can, you kind of mentioned earlier about beasts, but what are your broader thoughts on it? Yeah, the, the beasts thing has the potential to be okay if it's limited to something of a similar size to like a gargant or something, like if it's like a yeah. giant then it's not going to be as impactful as if it's a 16 wood dreadsorn or <coughs> two magma dragons or yeah. like we've not no. touched on it but it can be even worse, it can be like we rolled a 6 where each person gets 2 but there's also yeah, a realmscape feature where one, yeah. you get 1 and your opponent gets 2 like, it, yeah. it's designed to make it imbalanced so I don't see where it's going to create positive game experiences at a tournament environment yeah. the, the rule exists, you can play it in your Sunday games or whatever or when you're hanging out down the club, Like the rules exist you can play them but when it comes to a tournament I just I don't see where it fits in like, we've I tried it now if you take a big enough monster it could actually do the job for your army, like definitely yeah. magma dragons, they do the job for your army, because yeah. no one's taking two of them off if they're getting offered. Yep. they're doing against ten or more models, they do two d six model wounds. Oh. Then they're going to go fight. They'll kill whatever they're fighting, and then when the thing fights them back, they're going to just slash them with mortal wounds as well. Yeah. With regards to the missions as well, I'm starting to see that there's potentially a problem with the missions. Like I had a really hard go of it with missions this past weekend. There wasn't any hero missions. Uh, like even I regard relocation orb as a hero mission for me because mm, it, it, allows me, mission, yeah. it allows me yeah. to score as 20 models and uh, there wasn't any sort of missions like that I've got a really fast army so I like the ones where it's like star strike and the objectives are random we didn't have any of them Yeah. when you're not playing out of the pools and you're playing 18 missions random you're going to end up with events where you go knife to the heart Take and hold, blood and glory. Uh, you're then going to end up with uh, that stupid one we played game six, where you can just end it before your opponents had a turn, and it's going to give your it's going to give your event a bad rep if people are going home talking about these sort of shitty experiences they've had through no fault but just the missions. Um, I'm starting to see that it might be better to actually pick the missions. Whether you do it before or after lists of missions, a different story. But um, I, I, I don't think that there's a problem with it as long as the missions being picked are varied. Um, like you can't say it's a bad thing if you're tailoring your missions to suit people that take varied lists that can deal would, with multiple situations. I would also so, say then, if you're going to do that, as long as the TO is not reading the lists prior, I no. would feel... Because then the issue would be then, like, say, say there's six in the pool, you would say, for a, a higher place. That TO, if they their mate was playing, not to say this would ever happen, but they could then go, oh, he's going to be really good in this mission. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, fair enough. But, like, I, I would I would urge that that The pool system, I think, makes pick. sense. Yeah. I think I like the pool system. Yeah. Uh, I just think they maybe have to look, be looked at even more. Maybe more than five pools. Again, you've yeah. got five pools. Yeah. I think maybe six or seven, which means there's a certain pool you might not touch. Yeah, yeah. Rather like than had, going... Uh, we only had six missions before the handbook, like in last year. 
Mm. And you even you even saw it going the way that the pack had the missions in it that you were going to yeah. play. That was starting to happen towards the end of the last handbook mm. because it allowed you to go, okay, we'll take, take and hold because it's an interesting um, sort of situation where you might not get a, a major, you might be filtering people down into a minor. They've got to be able to build a list that can win that mission if they want to win the tournament. Bloody and then, then you take one that's a hero mission as well. So you, yep. you, you can't afford to not spend points on heroes. And then you'll take one where it's either like a, a random objective, so they've got to build movement into their list, or yeah. like you can force people to not build stupid stuff like I'm building with three dragons or whatever by just making it like tailored towards sort of balanced lists. Yeah. Um, well, arguments are all right, but that's what, and that's the example. That's why daughters and death, not like a balanced death list, are doing so well. Yeah, because they have a bit of everything. They have their big unit. They have their heroes that are either survivable or strong, and they have their synergies. That's why you see these armies doing so well. Again, there's sort of some armies that can't choose to have a wizard KO unless you take an ally, which <laughs> it forces that sort of like, do you want to take that ally? You know what I mean? Like, is there is there a point where you're better off taking something within your own book, which may scupper you in certain missions, like the magic and artifact missions. Uh, like, example, KO struggle with that. Armies that don't get formations struggle with that because they can't uh, get extra items or wizards into their yeah. army. Like, if you just played Phoenix Temple without allies, again, they don't have wizards, and they're only getting one artifact, which means they will be yeah. scum scumpered in that mission against someone that has a book that has like a full blown battalion like 12 battalions and then all right well, the 12 battalions none of them could be good but as long as they have are. something that can make them either drop quicker get an extra item get wizards they've obviously just got that stronger advantage we've heard other podcasts talk about it as well that shootings disappeared from the meta because <clears throat> Everybody is afraid of the Realm of Shadow limiting the range of their shooting. So if a TO was to go, right, we'll, we'll put Realm of Shadow in, but we're not choosing this Realmscape feature, then all <laughs> of a sudden people go, right, okay, uh, I can't get away with this anymore. I maybe need to start building some anti-shooting into my lists. And you might start seeing shooting creep back into the game a bit. Like, the fact that there's the possibility of it creeping up is just preventing so many different armies from competing. I really don't think that Realmscape even matters, in my but, opinion, because there is that command point. You could just deploy your unit at a board edge and it'll come on as nine inches away and it then moves. You'll always be within that six if you want it to be in six. Yeah. It's, it's that people aren't seeing that way of doing it, of, like you say, line their unit at the back. Or if you're in a mission, or if you have units of deep strike, you could just drop them from the sky, from under the ground. Again, that's a bonus to armies that get access to shooting. Death shooting has always been abysmal. Like they don't have a good shooting unit. And that's the thing. There's there's there's, there's no cool shooting armies outside KO, right? There's there's, there's nothing that's been new. Bone splitters. Bone splitters maybe, but it's, okay, it's a new book, old range, and yeah, it works. And it got nerfed to fuck. What else is there? Sylvaneth. Sylvaneth. 
free guild. No, free guilds, free, free guilds, all the old rubbish stuff. I'm, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna buy a free, free They're guild. They're actually army. really good though. Like if you take well, out if the that's, ship that's, models aren't. <laughs> that's yeah. where the choice comes in. It's now are you, are you gonna pay to win or are you gonna pay for something cool that may win? Yeah, you know, there's there's no there's no new books out there that are pro shooting. Stormcast, Stormcast can do it. Can uh, they? But, yeah, definitely. You could get a gunline Stormcast armor. They could do yeah. it well. Okay, blisters maybe. We've not seen Arbol's it yet. A, to be fair, Arbol's a hidden armor. Well, Carl, uh, Carl's Smith army, the Blood and Glory, and that his was Arbol's a hidden armor, and he just had a bit of everything. He's got like yeah. nine castigators. Uh, Dave Souter's list had eighteen castigators in it with the formation that lets it. Uh, get better to hit. He had, I think he's Astral Templar, so he hits monsters easier. But Anvil's a hidden hammer. If you're shooting a unit twice a turn uh, for a command point, is again just amazing. There's just certain armies that can do it. There's certain armies. Stormcast have probably the best range because, again, they've had four releases to everyone else's one. At yeah. Best. yeah. I think we we keep playing it the way that it is and see what happens in the FAQ, but I get yeah. the I get the feeling people are getting a little bit uh, impatient. I think I the that, spell uh, effect is actually the harsher one, because you can't be defensive with shooting. Like you could be defensive. Shooting units can normally either fight in combat, but if you have like a, you can't buff your units if you're not within six of them. That's quite, that could be quite detrimental. Or you can't yeah. put an a debuff on an opponent because they're not within six of you. I, th- I feel that's the harsher part of that ability than anything else, rather than because your shooting units can, like you say, you could just chuck a ballista, fly it across the side of the board, and it's all of a sudden in its six inch range and it's going to shoot what it wants. Right. Well, I'm uh, drawing things in. I'm. Uh... We, we've gone on a little longer than I planned, and we have got a few <laughs> things. We have got a few things to do, but to be fair, I think it's been quite a long one, and I am wrecked. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm losing the ability to see and speak. So, <laughs> Wait, everyone, um, everyone, speak up now because choose it as weakest. Because I, I blame uh, Shane and Eric. Because we've been out tonight, we've been pub quizzing. We did. Well, hang out. on, hang on, hang on. I'm going on to item number five here. Orkney, Shetland, Inter County. We've got to hear about this before you go, Stu. Yeah, we won. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was good. It was good. We've got the um the Shetland captain on to have a chat about it. But uh, yeah, it was a good event. It was a good day. Um, we didn't use realmscapes. Um, we made the decision between ourselves i mean a lot of the players are uh they're not seasoned so uh, a lot of them were really getting their heads around aos2 and command points and and that side of things really um in the prep for the event so so this uh, was how many players in a team we ended up with six each on each team um it was good um it was a good event we did the pairings as we said uh we had a, a pool of six missions that were pre-drawn did um, you have any restrictions on armies uh we had one we had a minimum of one from each um grand alliance yeah that you had to have in each team although shetland turned up with no destruction we'll let that go um <laughs> But uh, they were no, it was good. It was a, uh, it, it was a. Uh, 
I mean, we had in ours. I'm I'm trying to think now because um I'm, yeah. So we had I had Legion of Night. We had a, a mixed death player. We had um, a Sylvaneth player. We had Dispossessed. We had uh, um, Nurgle. That was our team. Who was your Daughters of Cain player? Uh, we didn't have a Daughters of Cain player. For sure. <laughs> no, no. Orkney Meta doesn't do that. You know, Orkney Meta is different. You'll see that when we... He's not in death. That's... You'll see when we sweep aside all at the Masters, me and... Oh, yeah. So, Orkney Meta is... Well, uh, well you, didn't even have, you didn't even have the star player there, did you? No, that's it. I, I had no Eric and I had no Spatch. So no uh, no I was puppies. without, I was without the staff players, bloody weddings they have to go to and stuff. Uh, and Shetland came with um, Sylvaneth, which the captain had Billy. Um, we had, they had a, they had a mixed death list. They had Stormcast. They had Nurgle. Um, they had, oh Christ, I haven't got my book with me. Uh, yeah, anyway. Oh, they had a, a Deepkin and a Night Haunt. Filth. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was a good good event. It was good fun. It was only a one-day, three games, 1,500 points each. Um, and, yeah, uh, it was it's good we do it annually. Um, it's a team thing, so we do the pairings whereby the the um, the captains, we, we draw, we roll the dice for the first two tables. Uh, we put forward our um, uh, t- uh, to get the the mission. We put forward our preferred player. Um, the other captain puts forward two to to pair off against that, and then you choose which opponent you want. Then we roll for the next two tables. Uh, as each round goes by, because obviously we're only playing against one team rather than what you get at a normal team event. Um, you can't pair the same player um, against the same player, so you can't put forward. Um, the same player. It worked out okay. Mm. Um, it 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 did shape it slightly, but yeah, it was fine. It worked well. Um, so yeah, you'll hear all about it in our mini episode. Uh, good stuff. Good, good. stuff. Uh, we have got a few questions from people. Yeah, we'll do them. I think we'll we'll pad out the masters episode next week or the week after it'll be, won't it? Um, yeah. With some some of the chat. So. We'll deal with that there, but um, thank you very much. Um, thank you for joining us, and thanks for Aegon. Um, thanks to Adam, even though I wasn't there. It sounds like it was a good a good one, um, and I'm looking forward to coming next year. Unfortunately, the first one next year is on my wife's birthday. Oh no! Bring so, the wife. Mm, bring her. Yeah. I know. I'll so bring. I'll, I'll, I'll that's bring. What, that's, that's what Nathan did last time. Don't do it. Let's don't all bring. Or misses, and then it will work out. <laughs> yeah. Well, the wife... Bound it, bound it. What could go wrong? What could go they wrong? Come, they come into the Masters, so we'll see how that works out. They, you they'll start talking about prices, Scott. That's the issue. They'll start talking yeah. prices of things, and then... <laughs> yeah. No, it should be good. Um, so, no, it's been a good month, and uh, I'm looking forward to next month, the Masters, and it'll be my last run out with, um, with Death that's got me to the Masters. You and mean then, Thunderquake. Uh, that's it, yeah, the Thunderquake Star Host or whatever it's called. <laughs> um, that's what I'll be bringing in, in honour of death. 
Um, I'm I'm gonna take a Corn Dragon. That's, uh, yeah, I'm going to run all four mortar hacks, I think. Yes. Um, and maybe just uh, 30 zombies and three units of 10. Uh, and then I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to win. That's it. We need, <laughs> we need an episode for our, our New Year resolutions. What, what we're going forward with. I'm, I'm going to paint two and a half thousand points in 28 days. I'm going to build them. <laughs> You're going to do um, 28 days? Yeah. Nine. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it over, well, over Christmas. On that, right. Now we're going to talk about, briefly, 2019 tournaments. Yeah. Now, at the moment, my next tournament is not until March. This, <laughs> this makes this makes me unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I mean, Scottish tournaments here. So somebody please organize a February tournament. Now, Common Ground, we're led to believe, has limited dates available in February. There might be one or two weekends left, or not even weekends, days. I don't know. Speak to Steve, message him. He's a lovely guy. He's, 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 he's always welcome. Uh, for a message on Facebook, private message or whatever, just give them a chat. But somebody, please run a bloody tournament in February because I <laughs> want to start scoring some points. Thank you very much. Tempest in January, Masters in December. My next ranking tournament is not till March, which is Fall the Old World with Kev. There's a free weekend the 2nd and 3rd of February, and then the next one's the 16th and 17th of February. There we That's go. That's the two there's, dates that are free at Common Ground. There's multiple. That's half the month, right? So and somebody, second and third's a bit close to Tempest. Tempest, that was when well, Hammer was going to be, and that's why he later. didn't do it. Yeah. Two weeks later, that's fine. Two weeks later's fine. Somebody step <laughs> up. Be it a new TO, don't be scared. Speak to me, speak to Stu, speak to Kev, speak to Nathan. Uh, sorry, Kev, Liam. Um, we've all run tournaments. So's Kev. There's lots of guys here that run tournaments. It's easy to do. It's even easier in AOS. So let's get more tournaments next year so I can yeah. play. Or, or some of the guys who used to do tournaments who maybe haven't done one for a while, come back in and yeah. um, and and do it. I mean, we've got a few that have, have done them over the last few years that have maybe dropped off. So it'd be nice yep. to see them again. Yep, be it one day, be it two day, be it Saturday, be it Sunday. I know Sundays aren't everybody's favourite. Personally, I'd, I'd love a Sunday tournament. Um, but it's not everybody's cup of tea for travelling, I know that. So that's fine. But let's get let's get more events in the calendar. Yeah, yep, and if people need... One. Because people Scott need behind the support. scenes is saying that he is only not in Masters because he didn't play at Tempest this year. So he obviously needs to, to be shown that even if he has a February tournament, he still doesn't qualify next year. <laughs> well, I think I think if you'll find the rankings conclusively show that I... That, <laughs> You're better that, than Andy Curry. That I'm better than Andy Curry at Warhammer <laughs> by, by 0.5 of a ranking point. So How many events did he go to? Uh, he went to some tournaments. Some events. <laughs> Yeah, a number of events. A number of events. You went to X number of events, and I went to five. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's serious, though, for people if they are a bit wary or whatever. I mean, we can help them out, you know. We, yep. we can help them out if it comes to putting them in touch with people or helping them sort out price support. And Steve does the stuff where, you know, you pay for per person, per table, um, and for lunch. Up. 
and you don't pay until the people turn up on the day. So yeah, you you know you're never going to be out of pocket. So there's there's no requirement for bringing scenery along. There's no requirement for worrying about lunch. You just have to put a bit of admin in to attract people, take the money in, pay it to Steve, and you're done. And it's it's easy. Take me as an example. Went to my first tournament in March 2016 and ran my first tournament in May 2017. There you go. There was no... In fact, no, it was 2017 was my first tournament, ran the event in May 2018. It it wasn't difficult at all. I messaged Scott, I messaged uh, Mike, helped a little bit as well. There's loads of people who will help. And what what, what month are you doing yours this time then, Nathan? I think it's May again. We're going to speak to Steve. Uh, We're looking to do a team tournament. Okay. And if there's and if there's not common ground available, which is the best place to be honest, um, there, there there are other options. It's not quite straightforward. But let's that get more space tournaments. For three tables at my bit, so <laughs> we have a six man tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's, if it's nice outside, I can hold probably twelve. <laughs> nice. We'll have it split across across everybody's. Uh, we'll have a, a garage tour. <laughs> So at the next on the next one then we've got the Masters list to look forward to. Before that we've got AOS Champions drafts and we've got the Orkney Shetland into County. We've got a couple of questions. So Liam and Nathan are going to tell you how to how to build a list so that you can deal with big characters like Nagash. And we've been asked as well what all this is about the doppelganger cloak. Somebody's been running it. They can't get it to work. What they're doing wrong. And no doubt we'll get some more questions before that. We have got a stack of them. They were just the two that we picked for today. And sorry that we're not we're not going to be getting through them today, but you'll get them in two weeks. So that's good night from me. Go on, somebody do it. And it's good night from him. Oh, Vida Zen. What is that? Cali one night, me and the crew hit the road on a mission To slip free brew and go fuzzy flounder fishing Cages on the hi-fi and the keg was bottomless Until we brought Skip Apotamus and Daddy gonna get some probably underage and dumb And everybody knows that the daddy eats his young Lupus in the laboratory making a big stink Mason up the toilet seat and pooping in the sink MSG's tanked up and whizzing in a cup Waiting for a sprinkle genie to come and drink it up Cause I'm the one bottle willy with the 12 horse ale After that I get silly like soupy sales Now it's midnight and I'm completely boofy blitz A six of Schlitz and the Juber man of Shepherds With my beer tinted glasses I'm ready to bitty battle I'm hungry like the wolf But I'll end up tending cattle Cause you're pretty when I'm drunk 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 And I'm pretty fucking drunk Here she comes, a funky fried cutie, Mr. Jimmy Papali is gonna get some booty, cause I'm Mr. McFeely with a speedy delivery, you think I was a ditch away, this chick was digging me, but maybe I should check and see if this is where I wanna be, hey Lupus, is she cute? Yeah, for her pygmy. Oh, what do you know, you're probably going home alone, and it wouldn't be the first time that I gave a dog a bone, plus beauty. 
It's only skin deep. It's in the eye of the beholder. My beholder's about to tweak. I could tap that barrel. In fact, I know I can. It's menage a trois. You and me and Heineken. Cause you're pretty when I'm drunk. 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 And I'm pretty fucking drunk. Regrets. I've had a few. First and foremost, I'd like to mention you. For the sake of conversation, we'll call you the brand new heavy. You're a mix between an Ugnaught and Eugene Levy. You can call it Big Bone, I prefer to call it Gut. Your Buddha, your Shamu, your Jabba the fucking Hut. You had harpoon scars and your boobs were hairy. I smelled tuna melt, but I wasn't gonna worry. It was 3 a.m. and I wasn't getting squats, so I rolled you up in flour and aimed it for the wet spot. Like a soup kitchen Christian Then it hit me Something bit me While my little rod was fishing I was deep sea fishing I took a fat chance But how was I supposed to know That Jabber Jones lived in your pants At that junction I came to realize That only Frank Purdue likes thighs that size Fatty fatty boom laddie I gotta lament That you were not a girl You, you were an experiment Cause you're pretty when I'm drunk. 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 And I'm pretty fucking drunk. You're pretty when I'm 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 drunk. And I'm pretty fucking drunk. Boom, 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 boom,